Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I just realized that our intro sounds like the monster truck events when the guys are like announcing, you know, Grave Digger comes out and it's got that cheesy announcer, which happens to be me. And, uh, that's what it sounds like. I gotta change that now that I realize that. Should I keep it? It's alright. Okay. Welcome back to another great Sunday of beer radio in the fiery studio in Pacheco, California. Where it's a good uh, eight degrees hotter than it is outside, as usual. But we don't care. We're sweating it out for you at home. And John is missing, so I've got a whole panel of people to make fun of him here today. Isn't that right, guys? <laughs> got lots of people here. That sissy little punk said, "I'll be there. I'm going to be back." He was on vacation, you know. He took off of his other job, and he took off on this job. And says, "I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back." And he's got like half the equipment in the studio with him because he was doing some audio recording. He called me a half hour ago. I said, oh, "I'm going to be an hour late." So, uh, I Jimmy rigged some microphones here. I got two working. Uh, with us today in the show, which we're gonna do, they're gonna hang with us the whole show, but we're gonna do some full interviews later. We have Chris Graham from, uh, Beer Beer and More Beer. Uh, say hello to your fans at home, Chris. Hello, everybody. There you go. And he also teaches at the Siebel Institute of Technology. Where's that? It's in Maryland? Durango, Colorado. Colorado, there you go. Yeah, Siebel's out of, uh, uh, Chicago. Okay. I was way off, but there you go. Uh, great institute and, 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 uh, is it the best or is it just in the top, uh, of, uh, beer engineering programs? What do we got there? Let's go top five. Top five. Okay. Fair enough. What about how, where does Davis rank in that? Davis has an okay one, don't they? Say top five. Really? Still top five? Yeah. And then there's one in Oregon too, right? That's gotta be top five, right? Oregon State's up there. I don't know if they're quite top five anymore. They're kind of slipping in the ranks, but still a good school. Okay. All right, fair enough. And then also with us, Colin Kaminsky, uh, who's now the head brewer over at Dogtown Brewery in Napa. Is that right, Colin? Uh, that Downtown right? Joe's. Downtown Joe's. Yeah, yeah. 
What's wrong with me today? Dogfish head. <laughs> too many dog times. Dogs running around the studio. Downtown Joe's. And you also used to work at Beer, Beer, and More Beer. Is that right? I did. I was a product designer for four years. Oh, okay. Hey, way to go on getting out of that one. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Chris, Chris is going to be angry the whole show now. Well, I'm pretty used to John being late. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> Matt actually is here with us this week, too, and he came in and said, where is everybody? Do they always show up this late? And I said, well, first, yes. <laughs> but second, this week they're especially late. And Dr. Scott's not even with us this week. I'm actually. a sub, though. You are the he sub. He told me I had to be a wise ass. You do. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and you gotta like put in Grateful Dead plugs every now and then. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, make the rest of us feel a lot smaller than we actually are. Perfect. It's your job. <laughs> yeah, Doc's on vacation with the family. He tried to get out of it, I think, to stay for the show, but you know, wife and kids and all that. I think he actually planned his vacation, though, around next week's show because he wasn't supposed to be back until late Sunday night, and he sort of planned a camping trip kind of closer to home so that they could wake up Sunday morning, pack up the RV and he can still make it to the show. I can see him doing 90 down Highway 5 in that Class A RV. Exactly. It's like a 50-footer <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, he didn't want to miss Vinny because Vinny Chalurzo's in with us next mm-hmm. week and I can't blame him for that. That's going to be a good Belgian discussion we got happening. So, anyway, we're going to get to these guys a bit later. we got a few other things to do and, and hoping you guys are just going to kind of hang out and chime in with your beer knowledge or lack thereof in the meantime. Right? Um, last week's show, I guess I should recap briefly because I thought it was a, a complete and total disaster. Daniela, you want to grab that microphone for a sec so you can help me out because you're the only one in the studio that was here last week. It ended up being the hangover show as I spent a couple days in Portland at the Brew Festival drinking strong ale and, and whatnot. And our, our fans, our listeners, whatever. Can we call them fans yet? Now I'm like, nah, listeners. I'm not allowed to call them fans yet. <laughs> our listeners made fun of me the entire show, called me a sissy. Told me I was bringing it weak, which yeah. is my favorite comment of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I thought it was a terrible show because I just wasn't the top of it. I was really, you know, slow and and bad to respond. And the, the other two, Doctor Scott and John, same difference, really. They didn't help me a bit. You know, I sat here before the show and I said, "Listen, guys, I'm I'm not doing so good today, so I, I'm not on the top of my game. I'm going to need you to, to kind of chime in a little more and help me out." So I throw I, I throw little gems at them, just right. easy little bones. All they got to do is throw me something back. Blank faces all the way around the studio. <laughs> Nothing but dead or just air. like a yes or a no answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did I I did this brief news article that was about um, uh, beer advertising and and. Um, and taking responsibility for yourself. So, for example, people drunk driving after seeing a Budweiser billboard or something like that. An easy one to have an opinion about, right? Like, should we sue companies or not? So I throw it out there at them, both of them. Dr. Scott just looks at me like I'm a retard. Not a, Absolutely. Not a word. I All I heard was crickets going. So anyway, I thought the show came out pretty bad, but from the feedback I've gotten all week, I've gotten several emails and a couple forum posts, and everyone loved it. Absolutely. They love to hear us be retarded, I guess. Yeah, and they I've been told that the show was a good mixture out of information and entertainment, actually, and I think it's just funny to have a host that is totally slow and retarded. You can make fun of him, you know, for being a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I would have preferred idiot, but douchebag works fine, I guess. So I think it was an okay show last week. Somebody suggested that we should do a like a monthly uh, hangover show. You know that we should do three normal shows, and then the, the fourth show should always be a hangover show. But I don't know if I can. Uh, no, you're gonna kill yourself. Yeah, I don't know if I can make it. Oh, you you know where you were all week so slow. I just told the chat room that you did not drink all week and fi- all week, and finally you yesterday you came for? back. That's not true. I snuck all my beers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what are you such a liar. Him that for? <laughs> well, we're. Talking. 
So that was last week's show. And, yeah. uh, oh, and we had Marin Brewing Company in here. And luckily, uh, Arnie from Marin was j- is just sort of naturally mellow. I don't know if anybody's here ever met him, but he's just sort of a mellow guy. So it worked out perfect that we were half alive because he just kind of hung out with us. And we didn't even drink much of his beer. I, no, yeah, I mean, I drank it throughout the week. I have it. You know, I've been drinking it now. But he brought like five 22 ounces, and I think we did. We drank half of one. Not even. Bunch of sissies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a beer station anymore. No, it's not. Well, anyway, Daniela will be with you all day today, of course, in the chat room helping you out. And uh, if you win prizes today, which I think I only have one to give away, I'm going to give it away to the uh, Beer Jeopardy caller, uh, which we're going to do in a few minutes. Um, you got to email me your information because the last dude who won the, the, the Beer Jeopardy, he won both rounds. He dominated the game, and his address was given to me like on a piece of paper, which is extremely old-fashioned, Daniela, and uh, I lost it. So they got <laughs> you got to call you got to if you're listening out there and you won the double jeopardy and don't go set all you guys out there who want some free stuff don't tell me that you won when you didn't be honest this is beer makers code here if you're really the guy who won and I'll remember the name when I see it I think I have it somewhere I just don't have your address and I want to send you your prize so send me that and anybody else who didn't get their prize yet it's John's fault and so it's <laughs> John P at morebeer.com or John I think John just John at thebrewingnetwork.com and feel free to call him anything you want because I've sent him your addresses and if you didn't get it yet then you know that's his bad so anything else we want to say about John while we're at it? yeah yeah that's spelled J O N oh that's right it's no H that's right J O N at thebrewingnetwork.com or John P at, at morebeer.com you guys are getting a new website over there soon aren't you Chris yeah we're getting real close yeah. That's what I've been saying for six months. Well, I've been saying that for five years. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something about websites, man, that they just, they're a never ending thing. So, yeah, what are you going to do? Exactly. I'm excited to see your new one though. It'll be cool. We're separating out the, uh, the wine from the beer, which will make it a lot easier on people, make it more okay. graphic. So and you'll have a morewine.com then? A morewinemaking.com. Oh, uh, okay. The, the, guy, the guys from morewine.com wanted a few too many dollars for that site. Are they just sitting on it or they yep. actually have a site? No site, just sitting on it. You know that's illegal now. You're not allowed to uh, to squat on sites anymore. They've been on it for seven years, so you go after them and yeah. I'll, I'll pay you. All right. You're really not allowed to do that. I was talking to somebody um, because it, it, a while ago it was a big business to to really sort of figure out what domain names people were going to need, you know, like Ford.com before the dot-com boom hit, and then, and then just to sell them back to those people. But it became so rampant that they actually passed legislation that you're not allowed to squat. You have to have – you have to prove intentions of using – the, the domain, as well, I under, as I understand it. How anyway. hard is that? Though? I know. Yeah, you're right. Well, maybe we can get these guys. So uh, what what did they want for the for the site? Do you remember? This like, was about two years ago, and they they looked at wine.com and their annual sales and all this. They put all this math out in front of us and said forty two thousand eight hundred sixty three twenty five. Yeah. I mean, it was the most random number I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And did they like? Were they a company that did anything, or they just were some dudes who had a who dudes from to, LA, and they just came out of their apartment with these numbers? Exactly. <laughs> Man, that sucks. So, what is it going to be? The more wine making. More wine making dot com. Gotcha. That's good. It's not that complicated. I've got a suggestion for you. You've had the hungover show. Eventually, yeah. you need to have the drunk show. Yeah, I. You know what? We were thinking about that too. It should be an Oktoberfest show, right? Absolutely. We should couple it all together and get some dancing Oktoberfest women, and, right, Daniela? No. Danielle's going to take care of that. <laughs> okay. We need some women in Lederhosen. Is that what it's called for women? It's not called Lederhosen for women. 
<laughs> what is it? What's the outfit called? You've seen me. My outfit is a dirndl, and I'm gonna be dirndl. dancing here in October for the Oktoberfest show. We're gonna have a great show here with Munich Hellas. Now the listeners are gonna want a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna get one eventually. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so we'll have the Munich Hellas Oktoberfest drunken show. We could do that. It's a good idea. You're gonna come back for that? Chris? Absolutely. <laughs> She's dancing. I'm here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, all right, why don't we get to a little bit of news? I don't have too much for you guys this week. Um, not as uneventful as last week. Sometimes you get a lot of beer stuff happening across the world, uh, like really funny things and interesting things. And other times it's all like uh, silly things like the Coors Brewing Company lost revenue this quarter. <laughs> and who really gives a, you know, cares about that, right? The Coors Brewing Company, not me. Adolf anyway. does. <laughs> yeah, Adolf Coors <laughs> definitely does. Um, I found some things about interesting beer games being outlawed in New Jersey. Uh, I guess there's a, a little coastal town in New Jersey called Belmar Bars. And uh, they want to pass legislation that keeps beer pong and the games of quarters inside the house. In the ongoing tussle between summer renters and year-round residents of this seaside community, the borough council has banned outdoor games involving alcohol. I think there should be a ban on banning anything with alcohol, is what I think. Uh, if you don't know, beer pong is a game that involves a couple sawhorses and a piece of plywood. Cups are filled with beer, and the players on either side bounce a ping-pong ball back and forth. And if the ball goes in, the opponent has to drink it. Sounds harmless enough to Great me. Great game, I might add. It's, it is a good game. Have you ever played uh, um, beer softball, where you put a keg on each base? Slosh ball. Yes. And isn't it like, uh, I've, I've seen it played a couple of ways. The way I like it is, no matter how, if, if there's a hit or not, like whether it be a double or a home run, you're not allowed to leave your base until you've finished a cup of beer. Usually second base is the fill base. Is you that what it is? You can't go past it no matter how hard you hit that ball. Right, unless you finish a cup, right? Full, you have to fill it and yeah. finish it. Right. It's a brilliant game because it's actually a lot harder to get around the bases than it is. Inning one and two go real smooth yeah. after that. Yeah. By the seventh inning stretch, it's literally everyone's just stretched out across the field for a good. There's a new tap for that too that I don't know if it's in your news, but made the, uh, bit beer news this week. Really? Foot activated, uh, pump for, uh, three faucets on it. Oh, and it's made nice. the official, uh, tap of slosh ball. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> See, games like that need official taps and stuff like that because it gives them credibility. You know, it, it kind of standardizes them as a, as a real sport, which is what they need. Um, I guess the, the the community is quoted as saying, inside the home, people are entitled to play whatever game they want. The issue we have is that Belmar has increasingly become a family community, and playing this game outside would send the wrong message to kids coming into our community. Bunch of sissies. Uh, and then uh, an obvious quote by them is, the behavior tends to be boisterous, especially in the later stages of the game. <laughs> Which I don't understand at all. Well, I'll, I'll stick up for these people because it was pretty cool until it was at the high school they were playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it became the high school, uh, like, yeah, they were the state champions, right? <laughs> in beer pong. The so-called beer pong ordinance, which goes into effect August 17th, prohibits alcohol-related games or contests on porches, decks, lawns, front and side yards, or anywhere that can be viewed by the public and neighbors. Fines begin at $100 for the first offense. Yeah, but, you know, when does this stop? I mean, what are they going to do? That's you know, right. pat you down and say, hey, you've got a quarter in your pocket? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You are on your way to play a beer game. <laughs> we right. know your kind. It's absolutely right. It's got a breathalyzer <laughs> with your ping pong ball in your hand. <laughs> yeah. What are you using that paddle for, son? 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's ridiculous. You know, what's the point in having a barbecue? So can you not, like, have a barbecue with your beer next to you, like, while you're turning the ribs and stuff? Is that a sport also? Come on. What about on, beer can chicken? You know, those yeah. chickens can get awfully upset. Which, which is a great recipe, by the way. Have you guys ever done beer can chicken? No, we have a little place right next to us that uh-huh. does such a good job that we would never consider doing oh, it. Oh, nice. And so they, they actually sell it then? Yeah, they, yeah, they sell it. They, oh. they do, what, 12 at a time? And that's up in Napa? Yeah, it's a bounty hunter up in Napa. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. My, my theory on it though is, I mean, think of what beers come in a can. I'm a little disappointed in this beer can chicken. No, you, you gotta, well. you gotta go for the English beers, like a Tetley's or a Boddington's or something. Oh, that like poor that. chicken. Have you ever seen the <laughs> diameter of that thing? Yeah, no, it's, you gotta have a nice chicken. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some other laws passed after that one. It's a Foster's slight. beer can chicken. Slight what can or cannot go in a chicken's? <laughs> It is a good recipe, though. You just take a beer can, uh, you punch a bunch of holes in it, and stuff it up in your chicken, as Chris is describing, and uh, let it cook. And it kind of bastes itself, right? That's sort of the deal. It just gives exactly. you a nice aroma. Mm-mm-mm, that's good. I'll do that for next week. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, Chris brought us. Did you did you batter or baste your uh, ribs in beer that you got here today? Uh, no, no, uh, no beer in that one. That one's just a dry rub. Oh, okay. Slow cook dry rub. I'm starting. I haven't done any dry rubs yet, but I'm starting to get into that sort of thing because it, don't laugh at me like that, Chris. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> don't lie to your audience and say you've never done a dry rub before. <laughs> well, I haven't done it with ribs anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm just gonna move on then. Um, okay, so this is sort of funny and, and not funny at the same time. I'm not making fun of tragedy. I'm, I'm actually worried about the beer community because I don't want this to come back on us. But uh, there's a new uh, – uh, the London beer bomber that was caught, Hussein Osman, uh, one of them I should say, uh, there's all these reports about how he loved beer so much bef- when he was a teenager. Uh, as a teenager, Hussein Osman was an ardent a- admirer of American culture, a big fan of hip-hop, like dressing like a rapper, and drinking beer on dates with his middle-class Italian girlfriend, she recalled Monday. And I read like three different articles that all expressed how much this guy liked drinking beer. And a couple of different people, what they said was, he drank a lot of beer. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm worried about is this story I did last week where they start suing, you know, billboard companies and Budweiser for putting up, what if they're going to go just straight for the beer industry? Like, like we're the ones who caused the London bombing. And I want to be the first advocate that says, you know, hey, we didn't do it. Beer's still good. (laughs) So there you go. Um, Well, the same kind of behavior ended absent. Yeah, that's right, didn't it? Yeah. Because they, because people were doing crazy stuff on it. Well, it was actually a single case that uh, really pushed them over the edge. And okay. It was a guy who'd been drinking all day long. Yeah. And he comes home late at night, and his father, sit, you know, sits him down and says, "Hey, you know, you've really been screwing up." And his little daughter, three, four, five-year-old daughter, comes in and he shoots the girl in the face. Oh. And, and you know, this was in France. Oh and, wow. And. Uh, Everybody just was so outraged. It had to have been the two glasses of absinthe he had with his dad. Of course. Not the three-fifths he had on, the, <laughs> you know, through the course of the day. Yeah. That's insane. I had read another report. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it was just a really short thing, so I don't remember who it was, but there were some, it was an Indian tribe in, in Ecuador who drinks over, each, each Indian drinks over three and a half gallons of light beer per day. Per day. Which is like half of what I drink, so I'm thinking, I don't know what they're, it must be really, really light down there, or heavy or something. Um, what else did I found? Oh, 
This is a contest that we should have in the Olympics. It's about beer pouring, and this was done um, in Bulgaria. Barmen and bar owners measured skills in Sofia on Tuesday at the first round of the National Beer Serving Contest. The contest will tour around 10 Bulgarian cities throughout August with about 50 to 60 participants of each city. Some of the criteria will be the preparation of the glass, bottle opening, and filling the glass. The speed and personal style of the contestants' beer serving will also be taken into consideration. Now, I'm a bartender, and if they, if I were in this competition, I would definitely lose because I've been bartending long enough that I'm just a jerk when I'm serving <laughs> beer, you know? Especially if they order bad beer, or if they order something like a pale ale and ask me to put a lemon in it, I just look at them with disgust. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Get out of my bar. So I don't think I'd win that competition, but we should have it out here. I, I want to see photos of the winners because I'm sure it's the server with the biggest breasts. You think so, right? <laughs> <winner. They're laughs> a pretty given winner. Right the one photo I saw with the headline was it was a guy, so uh, I, he's probably on the losers bracket by now. <laughs> and opening a beer bottle, like what does that really entail? That it's a competition. I mean, I have sandals with a beer bottle opener on the oh, bottom. That's pretty but, nice. But actually. can you use your forearm? I, I, that, I, that's the one. On a twist that. off, yes. <laughs> on a pry off, no. See, that's why you can't win this competition because exactly. you have no imagination. <laughs> And no cleavage. Yeah, that's right. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, both in the Beer Jeopardy game we did, and I did a news story about it, the Pop the Cap Bill in North Carolina, which is one of, uh, was one of five states with a, with a small cap on, on the alcohol content of beer. You couldn't have beer there over 6%. And for the last, like, 12 years or some ridiculous thing, um, people have been lobbying to increase that cap so that they could get some better beers in there. Because a lot of craft beers are, are well over 6%. And even just different styles of beers, barley wines and different things that you want to be able to try. So for a long time, citizens of North Carolina were trying, you know, trying to pass this pop the cap bill so that they could just experience more diverse beer. And the old school and conservative legislator kept fighting them, kind of saying, listen, the only reason you would want higher alcohol in your beer is to get drunk faster or to, or to, or to get drunk more or to get belligerent, which is really, it, it's just not true. I mean, it's, well, they, it's a great idea and it, and it sort of adds to it, yeah. right? But they could drink like vodka and anything else Exactly. If you're really just looking to get sloshed, you can have plenty of things. Well, finally, uh, the beer aficionados celebrated Wednesday as legis- legislators gave final approval to allow more specialty ales with higher alcohol content to be sold in North Carolina. The Senate voted 27 to 21 in favor of replacing a 6% cap um, on, and on beer and other malt beverage in the state with a rising, uh, raising it to 15%. So unfortunately they still kept a cap, but at least they bumped it up, which kind of, it really opens the door to a lot of other craft. Well, well, almost fi- everything. Well, 15%. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I stopped liking beer around 14% or, you know, I, I had the 14 fine. 15 forget about it. I don't like that Sam Adams though. <laughs> and I have lots of arguments why. Are you talking about the triple Bach? Is that what it is? No, no what the is millennium. Called? The millennium. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, What's the percentage on that? 25. 25. Okay. They, Sam Adams, and I don't think they do anymore, before the millennium, they held a record with their triple buck at 24. Because they had a beer and they at 24, it for, and then they topped it themselves. Okay, so is that the record holder, 25? Yes, but it's not a production brew. I still believe Sammy Claus has the production brew record at okay. 12 and a half, 13, something like that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I say her. I'd like a little round of applause for North Carolina. At least they're going to get to drink some better beer. <laughs> hey, that, that's one of the best states. If you haven't been there, they have these things called brew throughs. Okay. I thought it was the most genius idea. You don't have to get out of your car. It's shaped like a keg. You drive through. It's a drive-through liquor store. I, I think that would be illegal so many ways here in California. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're right. 
Isn't there a law in California? Um, it's just I'm just thinking of it randomly. It's not a terrible law, but we stop serving at two, and I think you're not allowed to buy from the store again until like eight a.m. Is that right? I don't know. That's that. I think it's late? six a.m. It's yeah. six a.m. Yeah, I think so. Oh, phew. You gotta sleep eight. for four. <laughs> so the law is sleep for at least three and a half hours. Yeah, and then head to the store. I was just wondering because the place I work is a golf course, and we open at like five thirty in the morning because those ridiculous golfers are out there at six. And I'll serve them whatever they want. I don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, nice job. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my bar. Hopefully the ABC's not listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't know where I work, do they? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. I'm leaving that damn place anyway. I'm sick of it. I'm just going to do radio full time. What do you think of that, Daniela? Because we're making the big bucks now. Actually, we're just spending the big bucks now, but we're working on it. We're hoping for you guys. All right, here's what we're going to do. I got Beer Jeopardy coming up, and I had to shorten the game a little bit this week. I've only got three categories plus the bonus round uh, just because we got a couple of guests to get to and lots of information to get out, and we didn't want to be broadcasting till 9 o'clock. Uh, those of you on the East Coast would be well asleep by then or passed out, whichever you, whatever you want to tell your wife it is. I fell asleep, honey. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there you go. So we're going to do a little Beer Jeopardy. As usual, I'm going to need a caller. Uh, because I'd like our third contestant to be a caller. I'm gonna make, uh, both Colin and Chris play, and, uh, and then we need a caller. And, uh, if Colin or Chris, if you guys win, you don't get anything. Thanks for playing. Uh, the caller, you get it no matter what, but, uh, but I'd like to see you win. Last time we played, a caller did win. And of course, he hasn't gotten his prizes because I lost his address. Well, that's just uh, it. We're just going to drink harder then to make this game more fun. Okay, that sounds good. So we're <laughs> going to take a short break, get some beer. The phone number here is 888-401-BEER. Don't call quite yet. Give us a minute or so. You can, but you're just going to sit on hold. Uh, 888-401-BEER. Uh, also, you can go to our chat room. Uh, click on the Chat Now button. Don't bother registering. Just log in as a guest. Pick a name and put two numbers after the name if you're having trouble getting in. It's kind of a cheesy chat room that we're still working on, and, uh, you know, there you go. So pick a name, log in as a guest, two numbers after it. Daniela will take care of you in there. You can ask questions. We're going to talk about uh, gravity readings and refractometers and how to get a nice proper gravity. I'm going to ask questions about how to estimate some good gravity on the style of beer you're doing. Uh, lots of things that I don't know about that these guys do so we can get it out to you. And uh, that's the plan. 888-401-BEER. It's the Brewing Network. We're here with Chris Graham from More Beer. Uh, sorry, from Beer, Beer, and More Beer. And we're Colin Kaminsky from, give it to me, Colin. Downtown Joe. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. All right. We're back and ready to do some uh, Beer Jeopardy. John has decided to grace us with his presence in the studio today, even though we thought about actually just locking the front door. Hi, John. Hi, friend. You suck. I love you, too. <laughs> hey, thanks for bringing the studio equipment back. Hey, yeah. I, at least I remembered the power supply. Let me see if it works. Did you almost forget the power supply? No, I was just teasing you. Colin, try it out. Let me see if I got you going here. I hope you got me going over here. Yeah, it's working a little bit. Let me try again. Okay. There you go. are. All right. <laughs> And then Chris, let me get you going there. Give Are you it a go. Through? Yeah. There's a grammage. Try a little again. better there. There we go. There we go. And, right. and Dr. Scott's buzzing in my pants. Oh, <laughs> oh Dr. Scott's probably trying to call in the show, is, but we got, right uh, got Jamil on hold. You can answer him. It'll be all right. Tell him that uh, the phone's busy because Jamil's on hold. Doctor. So, Beer Jeopardy this week. I guess the chat room was encouraging Jamil to, to play the game. They don't want to play themselves. They want to put in the ringer, huh? 
wants him to play for the chat team. All right, uh, here, do the uh, do the hang up for me. Go ahead, hang it up. Jamil, are you there? Yeah, I am. All right, Jamil, they're sending in the Barry Bonds of beer trivia from the chat room, huh? <laughs> He's going down. <laughs> no problem. Chris Graham wants to take you out this week, Jamil. <laughs> Take me out where? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamil, we said we weren't going to talk about that on the air. <laughs> Anywhere where they're serving your beer would be fine by me. <laughs> okay. Hey, we sent out your beer to people, Jamil. Great. Yeah. Although somebody called me and said he didn't get it. He sent me a form. But I don't think he was supposed to get your beer. He was supposed to get something else yeah. from the same show. I sent it. Okay. Oh, sure you did, John. Yes. Exactly. John says that all the time. I forward to the tracking number to you, Jamil. Jamil, you said exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's part of your B3 training is to learn how to say that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Colin, don't give that away. It's it's in the mail. <laughs> it's in the mail. All right. So, uh, you know, are you guys in for to, to take on Jamil? What do you think, Ooh, That's guys? a tough challenger right there. Should we let John play and have it a four-way today? Yeah. We, we need a, a right. switch hitter So I can Jamil. lose? <laughs> well, we could put Matt in. Either John or Matt. Matt, you want to go? Just, yeah. You're right. due, you're due, how about okay. can, how about we team up? Matt, can I, I, I have a handicap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want Jamil. All right. <laughs> Jamil, grab yourself a pen and paper. You might need these categories. And a beer. And a beer, of course. Are you drinking a beer already? Uh, no. What's wrong? Oh. Aren't you a home brewer? Yeah. Is it not Sunday enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> you recovering okay? Yeah, yeah. Did you have a rough night last night, Jamil? No. I, I uh, have my gallbladder taken out. Oh, oh, oh! That's a good reason not to drink, isn't it? <laughs> hey, hey, go go grab some of those Vicodin then. Yeah, <laughs> that's just as good. Just kind of put them in a glass of water, chop them up, throw them in there to feel like you're drinking a beer in an hour. Make sure to add a hop. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, like you're God. drinking a strong ale anyway. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear about your gallbladder. Did yeah, you? I'm I'm fine. You are? You're gonna live? Yeah. They yeah, don't do I'm like transplants. They just take it right out. Take it right out. You don't need it. Really? What do we have it for, then? Well, that's what I asked. You know, I thought it was a little odd uh, that all these pieces are in there, and they say you don't really need them. And yeah. I don't know. I just like to keep them just in case. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have it on a know. jar of formaldehyde? I don't trust yeah. doctors like that. That's why I don't yeah. trust Dr. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in here telling us all these things about everything, you know. I don't think he knows anything. Yeah, he makes it up. We all know how he got through school. Drunk. You don't, you don't <laughs> need those teeth. <laughs> yeah, you don't need this dude. My dad just told me that, too. When I got my teeth straightened, he pulled seven teeth from my mouth. And he said, I don't need them. <laughs> so I don't, that's seven teeth. What do you mean? Why do I have them, then? I don't know. What do you know? You have a nice smile. Seven teeth. Yeah, it worked, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Quit anyway. hitting on the host. <laughs> well, I guess you didn't need the uh, the gallbladder. Good for you. Glad you got that excess weight out of there. You can fill it with beer now, right? There you go. What are you going to do? you going to run the board for us, Daniela? All right, cool. So the lovely Daniela will be pulling down the numbers on the board. As uh, We only have three categories this week, Jamil. We had four when you played last. But now we have a bonus round. And uh, only two of you are going to make it to the bonus round. And there you will get, I think, one question. And the correct answer of that one question, although maybe I should make them wager their points, too, in case they both get the question correct, then they got the opportunity to, to have beat the other one. Hey, for the last time, we're not playing strip rules, okay? All right, forget it. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> okay, Jamil, here are the categories, and for you folks at home that want to play along in the chat room, wherever you are, uh, the first category is, there's a tear in my beer. The second category is, bad news beers. And the third, holy beer, Batman. 
So there you go. You got those, Jamil? Yep. Danielle, you moved my beer to the other side of the desk, oh my and my God. microphone doesn't go that far. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> All right. So, as usual, the categories go from 100 points to 500 points. Five questions for each. You can choose at random. You don't have to start at the top. If you want to go for the big guys, go for it. I'll give you a hint right now. There's one pretty difficult category out there. Uh, I would suggest stealing it from Jamil as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're playing for today is a lovely date with me. You get to touch my belly and uh, and and buy me beer, right? So, uh, Jamil, I hope you win, buddy. Well, no, I was telling uh, Gucci Nine he could have the uh, prize. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, we're actually giving out our first series of uh, a Brewing Network T-shirt that we had made. Great. So uh, you get a you get a nice Brewing Network T-shirt. It's not it's not quite an official one, but it could end up a collector's item because it will be like it's a it's a limited edition. So well, I I told Gucci Nine he could have the. Uh, Is he in the chat room? Yeah. All right, Gucci Nine, we're pulling for one, you then. He was the one who suggested I call in. So. Okay. Well, you got the ringer, Gucci, so uh, we'll hope to give you the shirt. And I hope you wear an extra large because that's all I have. <laughs> if not, uh, put your dryer on high, real high. Okay. Daniela, you have something to say? Yeah, are the guys in the studios playing for other listeners too in the chat room or Ooh, what? Ooh, good call. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We usually do that. All right, now we got to make time to make that happen. Can okay. I play for Sprite? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to sponsor okay. the uh, homeless people of Congress. <laughs> yeah, you're going to give them the shirt. <laughs> All right, I'll do it the same way I did the last time. Uh, the names of the players are John, Colin, and Chris in the chat room. The first person to say that name or, or type that name, you know, virtually say it, that's who's playing for you. Uh, so if you win, you get the shirt. Colin, Chris, or late John. Late John. You have to type both words. Late John. Do they have to spell my name right? <laughs> yes, they do. Colon. Oh, everything has to be spelled right. Uh, Colon. And, uh, Colon Kamowski. Jamil will be playing for the National You Don't Need Your Gallbladder Foundation today. <laughs> and, uh, let's, hope that they get a, let's hope they get an yeah. extra shirt. It's amazing what you can do when you're sober. <laughs> I tell you, I started the show telling these guys how I, that I felt like an idiot last week because yeah. I just... Was not on top of my game. Yeah. Because I'm a sissy, as the chat room so politely pointed out to me. Yeah. And I appreciated it. You still are. You gotta be put in your place every now and then, you know? You we're gonna, we're gonna bring in the breathalyzer for one show, and if he dips below it, yeah. he gets yeah. in trouble. You know what? That's a good idea. We should start at a level and never dip. We should have a target level. Good way to keep track of our drinking consumption. Did I ever tell you this story? In Arizona for a while, they tried putting breathalyzers in bars. I don't remember if I, I think I did one of our first shows, I said this story. They tried putting them in bars so that people would be able to measure their alcohol content before they left the bar and, and, and hopefully not drive drunk. I see a tournament coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What you ended up with was everybody trying to beat their buddy's high score, right? Drunk dudes are never competitive. Yeah. It was like the, you know, like never. like Pac-Man of drinking. So it was like, who's got the high score? And uh, people were basically killing themselves drinking to get that high number. The genius there. who thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. You know that if you get if you get a bunch of offenses, I, I don't know how many offenses it is. It depends on the uh, uh, on the judge. They'll actually put a, if they give you your license back, they'll put a breathalyzer on your steering wheel so that you have to blow under in order to start your car. You need one on your microphone. Which, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but see, the same thing I could do in a car, I do on my microphone. I would just have somebody else blow into it. Okay. Right? <laughs> you get your sober buddy who's leaving to blow into your thing. You drive your drunk ass home. Now, right? see, we think your microphone should work the other way. You have to be over point one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then, 
it, or it's on mute, <laughs> which would actually kill me. If I couldn't talk, I'd freak out over here. So I would just start drinking, drinking. and drinking and drinking. Uh, did the did the chat room uh, pick their players? Okay, all right, so who do we have? Who's playing for who? Okay, we have Jamil is playing for Gucci 9, Chris is playing for Brooklyn Brew, Colin is playing for Matt Tag, and John is playing for Oz Brew. Oh, Oz back in there. Well, sorry you got John, Oz. He hasn't done too well (laughs) with your Jeopardy. But uh, you got a shirt coming to you anyway. uh, I I think I might be playing for Garrett Oliver at this one. Yeah. Wasn't it Brooklyn Brew? Yeah. yeah. Is he out in Brooklyn? That's the name of the brewery. He's the head brewer. All right. Sweet. <laughs> I'd like to send a shirt out to the East Coast. Have them on the show. Let's go, Graham. you got to do this thing. <laughs> Stepping up a notch. Jamil's playing for Darren. Just going to pass him the answers over here. Darren oh, another Reed. one. Another yeah. Is that Darren East Reed? Coast yeah, Darren Reed. Nice. All right. Well, there you go. Maybe they didn't want their names given out on the air, guys. You hey, uh, Darren I'm... Reed at 555. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get this game started. Uh, there's a tear in my beer, bad news beers, and holy beer, Batman. I'm going to give it to... We have to make noises, right? Uh, oh, yeah, you just got to... Oh, yeah, like, how do we chime in? You just shout out is, is some noise your name. or your name will work. You know, if you want to be creative, you can make a noise. It's fine. Jamil, just shout out your name. You got to be louder than you are normally because I don't hear very well sometimes. You got me? Yep. Okay, that's good enough. Uh, I'm going to give it to Colin because he's uh, I don't know, he's a nice-looking guy, so how about that? <laughs> you get to pick. You can pick any uh, any uh, denomination you want. Go ahead. You have control of the board, Colin. There's a tear in my beer for 100. All right, good choice. This popular road trip song lets you sing while also learning to count backwards. Jamel. Go ahead, Jamil. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. That is correct. Yeah. Come on, you guys know this. That one. <laughs> That's 100 points for Jamil, and that gives him control of the board, guys. Go ahead, Jamil. Uh, tear my beer, too. 200, the same category. All right. This original blues rock tune laments of the remedies of three great drinks, one of each. Chris. Chris, go ahead. One bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. That's great. Nice work. 200 points, and Chris Graham gets control of the board. Holy beer, Batman. For four? For $100. Going $100. Okay. Oops, I just, I'm dropping categories here. Uh, this original German beer was brewed by the Pauline monks to use as a nourishment during the holy Jamel. time of Lent. Go ahead, Jamil. Doppelbach. Mm, uh, could you be more specific? By the Pauline Op- monks. Uh, optimator. Or not Optimator. No, I'll, uh, I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, that's weak. It's Salvatore Optimator. Yeah, so, that's yeah, weak. Salvatore Optimator. We'll give you that. <laughs> that's another 100 points, and that gives Jamil control of the board. Go ahead, Clean Jamil. house. Uh, let's go uh, Bad News for 100. Bad News Beers for 100. Here we go. Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> Do you lose points if you get it wrong? <laughs> wrong name, sorry. <laughs> this famous malt liquor features a bumblebee on its label. Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, crap. Mickey's. That's it. Mickey's. Nice. 100 points. That's for the people in Brooklyn right that's there. That's sad to know that, Chris. Very sad. Colin, are you awake over there? No. <laughs> <laughs> have another beer, Colin. Yeah. Chris, you have control of the board. Uh, let's do the uh, bad news beers for 200. All right. Good choice. It's my favorite category here. This gangsta malt takes its name from the style of writing on its label. Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Slit. Not true. Not correct. This gangsta malt takes its name from the style of writing on its label. You traitor. Go ahead, John. Ring in. 
Jonathan. Go ahead, John. Old English. Old English. <laughs> John and Matt get old English. <laughs> yeah. We're going to give it to him. That's 200 yeah, points handicap. for John, and I think it's the first time he's ever been on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Oz. John, it sounds very strange to say, but you have control of the board. Holy beer, Batman. Holy 200. beer, Batman, for 200. Oh, would you choose Tamil's category? Yeah. <laughs> what style of beer do the Bavarian people drink during their daily holy sausage breakfast at 11 a.m.? Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Wheat. Mm, be more specific. Weizen. Okay, we'll give it to you. It's a Weiss beer. That's right. Weizen. That nice gives you beer. 200 points, and Chris has control of the board. There's a tear in my beer for 400, Bob. 400. Skipping right over the 300 question. This light, uh, I would, I, I, let me say this. I suggest waiting till I, I finish at least half of the question on this one. I'm serious, because I know you like chiming, but I, I think you might be misled. So, just a hint to help out. This light beer from Coors Brewing Company, not Coors Light, is a popular low-carb swill with an even lower price and is, quote... Jamel. Go ahead. Keystone Light. That's it. Always smooth, never bitter. <laughs> Keystone Light. <laughs> now, what we, now we know what Jamil has on tap at home. Yeah. That's 400 my, points. My neighbor, my neighbor drinks that all the time. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the my neighbor talk. <laughs> I, uh, He's I have telling s- me it's brewed by court. I went through high school on Keystone Light, I'll tell you that. That, that, that means it's good. Uh, Jamil, you have control of the board. Uh, let's go with Holy Beer for 300. Okay. Holy Beer, Batman, for 300 points. All right. You guys are going to have to be on top of your game for this one. Here we go. What year did the Rhein-Heinzgebot give German beer holy and pure status? The Rhein-Heinzgebot, sorry. Sounds like a style of robot uh, the way I'm saying it. Go ahead, Jamil. Get off Google right now. Incorrect. Colin. Go ahead, Colin. 1643. Uh, you're both too late, I'll tell you that. Oh. Go ahead. Anybody else? That leaves Chris and John to take a stab. 1493. You're too early, John. Last one. You got the Home in pants. on it, John. Uh, 1515. Ooh. 1516. Oh. <laughs> John, very close. Uh, and for that, I'll give you control of the board. Hey, just because you were so close. But it, no points, right? No points. Okay. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> bad, bad. <laughs> Come on. Bad news beers, 300. Okay. Bad news beers for 300. There will be only one question left in that category. This watery pills by Anheuser-Busch is very popular among college students for its very low price. I used to, I grew up on this one too, by the way. Jonathan? Go ahead, John. Bud Light? Mm, mm-mm. Less less uh, name brandy, but it is brewed by the Anheuser-Busch Company. I mean, it has a name, but it's not that popular. Uh, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Meisterbrown? Not true. Not correct. Colin, you want to take a stab? No guesses. Jamil, what do you got in there? Uh, Something's rolling around in that noggin. Get off Google. Uh, <laughs> uh, All right, I'm going to have to stop you. Matt, you got a guess? Natural light. Nah. Natural light. light yeah. Come on, guys. Whenever you need a six-pack for $2.99, you get natural light. <laughs> What's with all these light beer? And you also, well, I would have accepted natural because they have natural ice, natural light, natural dry. They have lots of natural. Like Same recipe, natty. right? And let me tell you, the way it leaves, there, there's nothing natural about the way it leaves you feeling the next day. Uh, In college, we call it natty. That's why I was throwing off. You're right. You're right. It was. It's definitely natty light. You, you could have said that, but if you knew Anheuser-Busch Company... 
John, Schumann should have been playing. You can retain control of the board. Go ahead. Okay. What's the first one? There's a tear in my beer for 300. All right. There's a tear in my beer for 300 points. This old hymn was used to help sailors carry on their work while singing interchangeable verses about being drunk. It's a very old tune. Very old. Jonathan? Go ahead, John. Row, row, row. Okay. No, but that would have been nice. Jamil, go ahead. Oh, what? Uh, Oh, God. I'm drawing a blank. Ah, Okay. Anybody else want to buzz in while he's thinking? Chris. Go ahead, Chris. This is actually Matt, but what do you do with the drunken sailor? That's it. <laughs> Matt, you should have played. Daniela, how does this song go again? What shall we do with a drunken sailor? What shall we do with a drunken sailor? What shall we do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? Very nice. nice. Very nice, Daniela. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just for that, Daniela, you get 70,000 points. <laughs> okay, but that does give Chris Graham slash Matt 300 points. And I would like a tally at this point, Daniel. How are we doing? Do you know? We're doing quite fine here. Jamil has 600. Jamil has 600 points. Chris has three, 800 points. No points for calling so far. <laughs> <laughs> and John, incredible John, 200 points. Incredible, incredible. John. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was late John. John. That's not what his girlfriend says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> very strange. Okay, uh, who, uh, Chris, that gives you control of the board. Go All ahead. All right, Chris. let's go with, uh, there's a tear in my beer for 500. Going for the big one. There's only one left in that category as well. This country song takes its name from a beer container. Hmm. By the looks on your faces, I'll give you a further hint. It was sung by Garth Brooks. Yeah, thanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're in California. Taken from a beer container. Well, let's, let's start with this. We'll try Chris, and we'll say a keg. No, sir. Uh, Colin, go ahead. A bottle. You have to be more specific. <laughs> Jonathan, go ahead, John. Whiskey. <laughs> That's a nice <laughs> container, John. I like Chris back again. All right. <laughs> By the way, John has still not shown up for the show. <laughs> Jamil, do you want to uh, take a stab? You're the last one. Uh, <laughs> Deer can. <laughs> Chicken. Blue. I think they took out more than your gallbladder, Jimmy. <laughs> Long neck bottle. Long neck. Long neck uh, bottle. I almost, uh, you know what? I'll give it to you, Colin. You're not even on the board yet. 500 points for Colin. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm you, catching up on you, Jimmy. <laughs> and you have control of the board. Go ahead. Uh, there's a tear in my beer for 400. Okay. This is going to clear out the category. This classic rock favorite from Frank Zappa... Couples our favorite female body parts with our favorite beverage. Colin. Go ahead, Colin. Boob scotch? <laughs> <laughs> no, but very telling, Colin. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, anybody yeah, else yeah. want to chime in? He's close. I'll tell you, he's, he's halfway there, sort of. Um, Jamil, go ahead. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, titties and beer. That's it. Titties and beer. Jamil, do you know the song, or that was a stab in the dark? No, I remember it from college. Okay. Is it the FCC <laughs> listening on this? You know, what? I didn't. Re- I didn't. I don't know of the song, but you know what? You can be sure it's going to be playing on the station by tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll send you a copy of Boob Scotch too. <laughs> <laughs> That's four hundred points for Jamil, and he gets control of the board. There's only two categories left, Jamil. 
holy beer for four hundred. Okay. So what do we have? You build here? a database on that. I know. We'll Excel sheet. <laughs> okay. Who is recognized as the very first goddess of brewers? The Latin name for beer, Cerevisia, is derived from her name. Cerevisia. Go oh. ahead, Jamil. Uh, Nincot? Yeah. No. Close. No. no. She was not a goddess of brewers. Oh, she was not a goddess of brewers? Well, no, no. Uh, Ninkasi was not a, a goddess. Uh, well, if she was, she wasn't the first goddess of brewers. I thought it was Ninkasi. Hmm. See, the thing that's tricky about this question is that there's a goddess of beer, a goddess of brewers, a goddess of breweries. So there's several goddesses in the beer world. Oh, well, the first goddess has got to be from the 1975 Zymer G cover that, uh, 18, uh, 1984, uh, what's her name? Supermodel. Kathy Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> right there. I'll give it to Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the actual answer, uh, that I, that we had discovered was Cirrus. C-E-R-E-S. Cirrus. From the uh-huh. Latin word Cerevisia. It is a tricky question because there's a lot of goddesses. But, uh, what the hell? 400 points for Chris Graham because uh, that was another beer goddess. <laughs> my no, goddess. Actually, Danielle, are you giving the thumbs down on that? You yeah, say no? Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, but I will give you control of the board. No I'll points. I'll install the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> There's the only two left. Bad news beers for 500. Okay, it's going to clear out the category bad news beers. This Milwaukee brewing company is responsible for such horrible beer favorites as Schlitz, St. Ides, Colt 45, and Country Club. Mm. Oh, Brian's going to kill me. Milwaukee Brewery. We need to get some cold for Chris, I guess. Go ahead, Chris. Milwaukee's best? No. Oh. No. It's, it's headlining beer is experiencing resurgence among uh, young young people, I'll tell you that. And it's real cheap. Oh, crap, I know it. It's real cheap. Colin. Go ahead, Colin. Pabst. Pabst is correct. The Pabst <laughs> Brewing Company. I, I would like Thanks, to refute Chris. that one because they're now owned by Miller. Oh, is that right? Yes. Well, their website still says... So I want says, the 500, Pabst darn it. <laughs> How about he split it? <laughs> okay, wow. That's 500 points for Colin, who's quickly back on target. <laughs> Thanks for the and, charity of others. And also, by the way, that brewing company makes... Uh, there's like 15 other really bad beers on that list, too, man. They're, they're all put in one spot, which I don't know why they would do that, but uh, they do. And, oh, man, are they bad. Yeah, right, I'll put a plug in for Randy Mosier, everyone in the homebrew world knows him. His, his personal crusade is to teach every young person who thinks they're rebelling against the big big four brewers of America uh, yeah. by drinking paps they're not. But they're actually contributing. They're, they're, they're paying Miller. Miller a good amount of money. Okay, Colin, you have control and you only have one choice, so I'll read the question. <laughs> this monastery is the oldest brewing monastery in the world. It won the World Beer Award in 2004 for the best dark beer. Jamil, come on. This is right up your uh, alley. Colin? Colin, go ahead. Uh, that would be Moonlight Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> You're real close. Uh, Jamil. Go ahead, Jamil. Um, Orval. No. Chris. Mm. Go ahead, Chris. West Lairton. No. John, you don't know any monasteries anyway, do you? Yeah. Kelheim on der Dano. Daniela, give her the microphone. Actually, give the real. Say, say <laughs> Can the you actual. say that slower? <laughs> Danielle, how is it said? It's uh, located in Kelheim on der Donau. And there what is go. the monastery called? Kelheim. No, that's under the Donau. city. That's what you told me. The answer was oh. Kelheim on der Donau. Well, then what's the monastery called? 
It's something like. <laughs> well, then maybe they if got it right. No, they right. did not. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was Moonlight. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, because no, now Jamil's no, sure no, he no, got no. it right. Well, what's your now answer? Now you're going to have to look it up, Borval? Daniela. Bor- what's that? Borval. Orval. Orval. No. Google. <laughs> yeah, Jamil's on Google right now. He's like, I swear to God. It's the second hit. All right. Danielle's going to look that up right now. But we have a winner. <laughs> well, we if, have a winner anyway. Even if Jamil yeah. gets the 500 points, because it's ah, a 500 point question. A, see, well, Colin has a thousand points, and so does Jamil right now without the 500 Ooh, points. Sudden Ooh. death. Come on. <laughs> sudden death. So actually, it doesn't matter then because you will both go to the bonus round. Right. Yeah. They will both go so. because Chris has 800 points, so oh. they both go to the bonus round anyway. But okay. I'll look it up again. We'll look it up for you, Jamil, just for so All that you right. can know that you got it right or wrong. And um, and we'll move on now to the bonus round. Colin, what a comeback. Hey, <laughs> you know? what can I say? <laughs> and, uh, John, anytime you want to show up to the show, <laughs> you, uh, you go ahead. Okay. It is a one-question final answer. You're going to probably need a piece of paper. Uh, here you go, Colin. Um, need a coaster. The answer, Jamil, yeah. is um, Monastery Weltenburg. Did you say that? Weltenburg. Weltenburg. Jamil's angry. He's not going to talk to us. I, Jamil, I, I just don't believe that. Okay. That's the oldest one. They started brewing in 1050. Do they still brew now? They still brew now. Yeah, they just won the award for the best uh, dark beer last year. So they're still in the business. Yeah. Okay. I think it's my <laughs> You can't believe yeah, it. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're in the bonus run anyway. Okay. All right. For all the meat and potatoes, which is really a nice cotton shirt that says the Brewing Network on it, between Colin and Jamil, who, uh, who, Jamil is playing for Gucci, right? Who's Colin playing for again? Uh, Mettech. Mettech, right? Okay, Mettech. There you go. Here's what you're going to have to do. There are five top brewing countries in the world. Name at least three... The one who's got the proper order, or more of them, is going to win. Name the. Fi- oh, oh, let me make sure. I, let me do the question. Let me just make sure I'm going to say the question right. Um, it's the biggest producing beer producing countries in the world. Top five biggest beer producing countries in the world. For one, you need at least three of them, and then if you both get at least three, it needs to be in the proper order, or you know, more than three. So there you go. Go ahead, guys. Jamil. Continue writing or, or just thinking, whatever you want to do. Colin is now writing. And uh, this is for a lovely Black Brewing Network shirt, limited edition, because we're having a new series made here soon. So uh, it's a collector's item of sorts. Um, and you can use it to clean up your beer when you spill it also. And that's always a nice thing. It's uh, really liquid-absorbing cotton. By the way, I'm describing it because I'm, I'm allowing them time to, uh, to, to think. And I uh, thought I'd talk about the shirt in the meantime. John, why don't you tell us about uh, what you've been doing the last hour or so? <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's been happening in John's world? Well, I'm just drinking a beer. Yeah? Okay. I'm drinking a beer for Oz. For Oz? Mm, yeah. yeah. Oz, yeah. sorry we didn't get to send you another shirt. Now that John's back in town, though, and then we just got to wait for Doc, uh, then we go sign the shirt and send it off to Oz. He's going to hang it in his bar. Hey, Brooklyn Brewery, bar email me at Chris at More Beer. I'll send you a T-shirt just yeah. as a thank you. There you go. That's cool. Nice. Oh, now I feel guilty. Yeah, Colin, who are you going to send uh, okay. something to? Colin at downtownjoes.com. I've got the sexiest shirt you've ever seen in your life. Is it is it fish? It's the one he's wearing. (laughs) (laughs) There's it's a dog pulling down the skirt of a young lady showing her thong. Oh, sweet! All right, it's our tail wagon ale logo. 
Give your address again to now. This is only to MedTech, by yeah. the way. You bunch of wait, you that know. guy might win. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's so right. you might not have to send it for free. I, I'm playing against Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> Jamil, have you finished answering? Um. Uh, uh, Jamil, I think Belarus is the wrong. And answer. You know, you're going to have to play. You're going to have to play fair, Jamil. Don't be using that Google button. No, I've got the uh, no. I, uh, it's got an atlas. <laughs> I mean, I can come up with three, but it's just guessing. Okay. And Colin, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Can we proceed, Jamil? Would you think that's fair? You want um, you want another minute? You are you okay, Jamil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Do we need I, to I call the no doctor idea. again? The gallbladder just gave out again. Uh, okay. Well, I'll. I'll I'll take my guesses. You know, Jamil, there's a little known fact that bile's actually used to uh, stimulate nerve endings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So once once you lost your gallbladder, that was the end. And also, Uh, you're only (laughs) supposed to take one Vicodin per six hour. (laughs) So, uh... All right. Do you want me to go first? Do you want Colin to go first? Uh, It doesn't matter. Let's have Colin go first, and then you can collect your thoughts and maybe add another answer in there. Colin, go ahead. What do you got? (laughs) My best guess was USA, Germany, England, Australia, and Canada. You have to have them in order, right? Well, it depends on, on it depends on if you guys are tied for having at least three of them. Then, then yeah, then we would go to order. Say them again for me, Colin. USA. That's your number one. Number one. Okay. Germany, England, Australia, and Canada. Okay, Jamil, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I had USA. Um, He's changing his list. Germany, mm-hmm. China. Ooh. Uh, oh, now see. In that I order? Saw no, I saw something about uh, India as well, but uh, see, I, I just don't know. Czechoslovakia, they drink a lot of beer there. Yeah. Um, it's like my house. Mini <laughs> Czech over here. There, so, uh, so what I have, U.S., Germany, China. Is this uh, in the proper order you're, you're putting it in? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay. Okay. And, uh, okay. Well, here's what we got, folks. China is actually number one now. Wow. China oh, wow. is the number one brewing. Ah. They produce the most beer in the world. <laughs> so, uh, kudos to Jamil for throwing it in there because I never would have guessed China at all. Ah, yeah. But they're actually number one. USA is number two. Germany's number three. Australia's number four. Okay, so you each got three on the list, but both of your orders are not exactly correct. Hey, I had the top three, though. You did have the top three. You had USA, Germany, and China. There you go. Well, I say we give it to Jamil. <laughs> How about you? Because he never wins anything I'll, in the beer world. I'll tell you what. <laughs> in the top eight that I have here, there's three countries left that haven't been mentioned. Well, like, is India in, in it? India is not in it. Uh, South Africa? That would be number nine. Mexico. That is correct. Mexico is in it. Mexico is actually number... Is Czechoslovakia in there? Six. Uh, no. Saudi Arabia? I just drink a lot. <laughs> John. <laughs> actually, you know what? Utah. This is Great Britain, isn't it, Daniela? And and you mentioned England as well, Colin. Plus, you just you just went with Mexico... So you've gotten actually now five out of the eight. 
I'm going to have to give it to Colin, Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to piss off the chat room. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll set him. Colin. Sprite will stand up for me. How about this? Uh, the person playing for you will get the Brewing Network shirt. Okay. Uh, Colin, will you send the Downtown Joe's shirt to yeah. your winner? E- email me the address. Okay. Email him the address. Email it to me, too. So if Colin's a slacker, I'll call him up and call him a slacker <laughs> for you. And you'll both get a shirt. But, Jamil, I'm going to have to declare Colin the winner. All right. All right. As, long as, as long as Gucci 9 gets the shirt. Gucci, you get a limited edition Brewing Network shirt. It's an extra large, so if you're not fat, put it in the dryer. And um, and then send your size to Colin over there. Give your address once more, just for the heck of it. Colin, that's C-O-L-I-N, mm-hmm. at downtownjoes.com. Okay, there you go. And Gucci, uh, either give it to Daniela there in the chat room, but better to email me to Justin at the Brewing Network. You're both getting shirts. Jamil, thanks for playing, and uh, I hope that you don't have a big scar or anything. Uh, no, lots of, lots of little ones, like four little ones. Really? Yeah. How, how big is an actual gallbladder? Uh, I don't know. Bigger they, than a bread box? They inflate yeah. you with CO2, though, which is, I thought, pretty good. Really? <laughs> you told me you pre-took care of that? Yeah. <laughs> Jamil's carbonated now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they gas you up with CO2 to expand you so they can see it, and then they just slice it out. They put in a camera, a light, uh, CO2, and uh, their tools to chop it out with. Did you get the video? No. Uh. I, I forgot to ask. Yeah, it would be disgusting. It's anyway. an extra hundred bucks for See the video. Set it to music. Eye yeah. of the Tiger. For the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamil. Hey, thanks for calling in. Uh, sure. All right, we'll talk thanks. to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, always a pleasure to have on the me- on the air that Jamil. Yeah. He's a competitive one, though. Yes, he is. I'll tell you that. I like that. I'm the same way. If I were playing, I'd be worse than Jamil. If it's a good thing I'm on this side of the game <laughs> because I'd argue every single answer. <laughs> Like that goddess one? There's no way I'd take that for an answer. I would be all over it. So uh, I like that about Jamil. Thanks for playing. And uh, we're going to take a short break. That's another edition of Beer Jeopardy for you all. Thanks for playing, everybody. And when we come back, we're going to start a discussion about uh, refractometers and gravity readings. I'm sure that John has done extensive research this week about all that, haven't you, John? Of course. <laughs> so he's all, he's all ready for that. He brought me. Yeah. But we got Chris in here. We have a refractometer. Uh, we're going to talk gravity. We're going to get your questions ready in the chat room. You can also call in 888-401-BEER. Thanks for listening. We're going to be right back. You're listening to three guys with one microphone and five gallons of beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, we went over, guys. <laughs> Forgot to, to, to stop pouring beer and come back to the show. So we had a little nice dead air. That's all right. Play a little super tramp in That's the background. That's a song right there. Like that. Too bad I'm not going to play it. Was that, is that going while we were pouring our beer? No, it was dead air while we were pouring our beer. <laughs> I had one song going, and then this one uh, didn't start like it was supposed to. Oh, no. But now we're back, and I'll play this song for you. If you're getting real into it, I'll play it for you later, because I'm going to turn it off right now. So we can start a discussion about gravity and refractometers. And gravity is something that I really suck at, so I'm glad that we're, we're having this discussion. Um, well, how do you take an accurate gravity? Well, hang on. Slow down. <laughs> because the first thing is, I always forget to take the damn gravity. <laughs> right? drink so, too much. So this Stop is like this drinking <laughs> while you're burning. <laughs> this is the start of the process for me, is that uh, by the time it comes around to... Uh, 
you know, taking the gravity. I'm like cleaning up and going to bed because I'm always brewing later on in the afternoon. I'm a night person. It's like 3 a.m. by then, and I'm just ready for bed, right? So I go to bed, and uh, it's been a problem with me. So, and so beer. I'm just going to advocate before we start the discussion the same thing you guys are advocating. You know, maybe brew a little earlier in the day. Yeah. Definitely drink a little bit less, although not much because I'm a firm believer in that you shouldn't brew if you're not drinking. Personally, I, I got a fix for you. Then we'll get to it as we discuss that thing. Okay, the beer, no, the refractometer. The refractometer. <laughs> I've got Thought a solution. My beer. You I don't have to mine. take a reading at the end. This will take uh, care of it. Okay. Now, see, now we're talking. See, the well, lazier I can be, the better my beer's really? going to be because that's just what kind of brewer I am. I love brewing good beer and I like the process and everything. But let's face it, I'm a lazy bastard. Hey. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy to be honest about you're it learning. And, and with myself. So <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to try to guide this discussion around. Um, um, first of all, making sure that we're getting proper gravity read- readings. Um, talking about you know a little bit about why we we certainly want to have a proper gravity reading. Um, I want, I've got a few questions myself about how we're gonna, uh, you know, how to estimate what my gravity is supposed to be at. And I know a lot of that is to style. I can look that up, um, kind of thing. But I think when you're designing a recipe, I, I want to know how I'm gonna get to a target gravity. Cause target gravity to me is an elusive and mythical thing, kind of like the female orgasm. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not positive that it exists. Awesome. So, <laughs> I want to know how we're gonna get to that, really. Oh, uh, it's all to a refractometer. <laughs> so, uh. The refract- Lie. <laughs> it's all ball bearings these days, boys. So, that's right. So I like to start with the basics, and why don't we go ahead and do that? And, and why are we looking for uh, uh, an original gravity um, in, in our beers? And, and why do we have a target gravity for our beers as well? Anybody who wants to pick that up, go ahead. I'll start off on that one because I answer a lot of our help desk questions and a lot of people calling in. You know, this happened, that happened. My beer only fermented two days. Um, my beer is sweet, why? Uh, my beer sucks, why? These are all the questions we get 10, 15, 100 times a day, depending on what time of year it is. Refract, and the first question we're going to ask you is what your gravity reading is, what's your hydrometer reading, um, because we want to know with what was your sugar content of the water that you were starting out with. Okay. And yeast isn't going to be healthy in, say, let's say, too high of a gravity or sometimes way too low of a gravity. I mean, yeast will be healthy. It just won't last very long. Okay. Uh, by the way, I just want to make sure we know here that we're talking to Chris Graham from Beer, Beer, and More Beer, if you're just tuning in. We've also got Colin Kaminsky from Downtown Joe's in Napa, and both helping us out. And, of course, we got John hanging out. Uh, okay. <laughs> John's picking lint off. I'll tell you this. I got tons of questions about refractometers, so we should probably move the basics along sure. as quickly as possible and get get into well, those. Well, you know, and there's something I'd add to that, and and that is, you know, I'm, I have to brew three or four times a week. So for me, when I'm walking in the brewery and saying, well, what am I going to brew today? Yeah. Well, some of it has to do with what I've got in inventory. Yep. Okay. But also a lot of it has to do with which pitch of yeast do I have to use that day? Okay. If I've got a pitch of yeast that's really healthy, really happy, and just going great guns, mm-hmm. and that's the one I get to reuse, then I say, hey, I want to make my IPA. I want to make my higher gravity brews on a day like that. Gotcha. And when I've got a, a pitch of yeast that's a little lackluster, um, you know, hasn't, didn't really ferment as fast as I wanted or had a little longer lag than I wanted. Yeah. Then I'll go ahead and pick a lighter gravity brew. So I'm actually choosing my, my recipes based on what my yeast needs because okay. I'm a yeast farmer. Okay. And if I'm really good to my yeast, right. I get beer. Okay. That, now that makes a lot of sense. So those of you home brewers out there that are farming yeast and, and doing yeast starters, uh, if, if you're able to, you know, if, if within the time frame you can go get your supplies as well as, as cultivating your yeast there and doing your yeast starter, that's a good thing to take into account. You might want to adjust your rep- recipe to be a higher gravity beer if you got a great yeast starter going. 
Um, and and if you're trying to brew a higher gravity beer, definitely do a starter. Definitely do. Yeah, we definitely we we covered that last week as well. Uh, just and that's a good recap that. Uh, Healthy yeast is the key to a great uh, fermentation, obviously. And by healthy, what we mean is that it's already started multiplying and it's very active. And those are the, that's the yeast you want to pitch, not necessarily a dead vial. Although you can, you might end up, a, well, you're definitely going to end up with better beer if your yeast is active. So yeast starters are brilliant and, and, and pretty much necessary in a high-gravity beer, um, like, a, like maybe a strong IPA as well. Yeah, like a, so. a IPA, double IPA, a, a, a certainly a barley wine. Okay. In fact, if I was making a barley barley wine at home, I would pitch on top of my yeast cake from a previous brew. Okay. Oh, okay. Colin. Now, <laughs> I really would with a barley wine. You bad, 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 <laughs> man. That sounds good. But back to gravity. Here, yeah. Pull up that microphone it. just a bit uh, for me, Chris. Sorry about That's that. Right. Just make sure everyone gets you. Yeah. Uh, l- let's talk like a little bit about gravities. Give it a background. All you're okay. measuring is your density of sugar to water ratio. Okay. That, that's all you're really measuring there. Recipes are pretty easy. Um, most of the time, if you're reading a recipe, it's going to tell you what your starting gravity should be. Okay. If a recipe tells you your final gravity, what it should be, it's wrong. Okay. Because that depends on you, your yeast health, uh, temperature, all that. But the original gravity is simple, and all you guys out there are reading recipes, especially you extract guys reading an all grain or all grain reading an extract, ah. whatever you're doing, there's a simple rule of thumb. It's the 20-20-20 rule. Right. And that is uh, if you're reading an all grain recipe and you want to turn it to liquid extract, 20% less. Okay. So if it's 10 pounds, you just need 8 pounds of uh, liquid malt extract. Okay. And... Uh, so forth and so on. So if you have liquid malt extract, you only need 20% of dry malt extract because it's dehydrated more. Okay. So that's a quick tip on you guys reading recipes. How do I make it into something I want to make myself? The easy way to make it. And, and that's only the base malt. That's not your specialty malt. Okay. Which and the specialty malts uh, don't have as much effect on on the gravity as the base malt anyway. They're more your flavor and color, although they do have fermentable sugars. Well, they have a little bit of fermentable. What you want out of them is the final gravity. It, you know, is going to go up the more specialty gra- malt you use. Okay, they, I got. They you. have a lot of unfermentable. Sugars. Exactly. Okay, so that's why your final gravity you're going to adjust that, or it's going to vary because of that. Yeah, like too bad. Ju- too bad Jamil's not on the phone because that dude loves and some of his wrestling recipes that hazelnut chocolate porter has like six pounds. Pounds of specialty malts per five gallons. It's uh, ridiculous. Okay, okay. So his final gravity is not as low as it would have been without all of that exactly. uh, specialty. But that's probably why he wins best to show with it most of the time. Okay, okay. Now, what about these? I know that there's a lot of programs out there that people use to sort of estimate final gravities for them. Uh, is it a complicated enough process that you have to have a program to, to estimate your final? Your, no, your but OG, it is more I mean? fun. It, it's a lot more fun to do it there. And it's easier, too, I would imagine. Yeah. And, and and with these programs, because I've not used any of them, you're just kind of punching in your your ingredients and the amount of sugars that you're adding, and it's telling you your target gravity then? Basically, it, it's going to make some assumptions on efficiency, and you can usually, if it's a good software, you can adjust that. And uh, okay. but, but it's going to do that work for you. Rarely will it tell you a final gravity. It'll usually give you a huge range of final gravity because they're going on the safe side, and that's what I would do, too. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what about yourself? Would you estimate your uh, original gravity, you know, your target gravity yourself and then pinpoint drop without the program? (laughs) Uh, no, I know the program. I've I've (laughs) done it both ways. I've done it by hand and I've done it, uh, with the program and, and I tend to use ProMash. 
You use ProMash. Okay, yeah. that's what I was going to ask next. Although ProMash tends to be a little a little pricey. Is, is there anything you guys have used that's a, definitely an affordable homebrewer program by chance? ProMash is cheap for the homebrewer. It's only $20. It really? 20, uh, 24 now. 24. That's 24 oh, okay. bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's not pricey at all. I was totally yeah. off on that. On yeah, the I paid 20 I really for thought, my copy. I thought it was like a $100 program I no. had seen somewhere. But no, those beer tools, though, um, if you Google uh, Ken Schwartz, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Hopefully, he's listening right now. He's written all kinds of freeware. Okay. Yeah, but but pro, uh, I'd but Pro-Mash say is Promash. He updates what hops are available and what the alpha. He does a lot of updates, and I think that's why we all like him. Okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So Promash, if you're if I'm if I'm designing my recipes and trying to figure out what my target OG is going to be, I, I I should go with a program like. Well, well, the interesting thing about using Promash, and it was hard for us in the brewery. Um, was you you have to match your efficiency to your equipment and to your to your methods. Okay. So it comes set at an efficiency of seventy five percent, and what we found at the brewery was seventy five percent wasn't quite right. And okay. on a day where we were doing a big brew or we'd done a lot of brews in a row and we're tired, our efficiency would drop as low as seventy five. But normally on a day where we're fresh, the brew's light, it's easy, you know, it's easy to stir in. Mm-hmm. The, we we'd get efficiencies as high as seventy nine percent. Okay. All right. Now, John, uh, for example, on this beer that we're drinking out of the kegerator here, which you've got a, a steam beer replica going on there. Not really, but... Well, that was what you were going it, for, it, right? I did the opposite. Okay. I used an ale at a lower temperature. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I think it's a great, easy-drinking beer. It's a good beer. Thanks. Uh, did you set a target original gravity, and, and were you able to reach that? Get, talk to us about that when you brewed um, this one. I knew I wanted a light-drinking beer, roughly like 1044 to 1050. Okay. I think it came out about 1048. Okay. I know the efficiency on the system. I use about 75%, 77%. Okay. Um, and are you needing to use something like ProMash to figure that out, or you just kind of know no, your... No, I just brew. Okay. I keep it simple. And well, after a while, you I start do a big pitch, you know. And, and is yeah. that based on, look, I know what base malts I use, so I know how much is going to yield what gravity? Is that what you're it's, getting at? It's total linear. Okay. You know, so five-gallon batch, you yeah. say, okay, based off of uh, my 75 or my 79, it takes... 10 pounds to get me a 1045 or it takes 10 pounds to get me a 1047. Okay. And after a while it becomes pretty second nature. Okay. All right, fair you just enough. You know what your system's going to do for you, so. Okay. And and if you switch base malts, your efficiency will change too. Like uh we use all Maris Otter malt from crisp malting. Okay. And that's one of the reasons why we get such high efficiency. Okay. If you go and switch that malt up to, you know, Great Western two row pale, uh-huh. um your efficiency is going to change. Okay. So then you have to really figure out your linear scale again. Then. Yeah, but if you if you get that all calibrated, you know, to a, a specific base malt, it's remarkably consistent. Okay. Uh, plus Beautiful thing is a home brewer doesn't have to worry so much about that. Yeah. What, what yeah. about yeast right. strain though? Playing right. a, a role in your final gravity. Oh, well, yeast health is the biggest yeah. factor. But in isn't final it gravity. like an English yeast when it finishes out as dry as an Irish? Yeah. Depending. Okay. But 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 the driest end of an English yeast is still going to be drier than the sweetest end of an Irish okay. yeast. Okay. I mean, yeast health is a huge range of terminal gravities. Okay. And and it's a big problem, you know, when you're a craft brewer. Okay. okay. Um, in a in a big brewery, you have a lab. There's a bunch of people that are measuring the viability and measuring the cell count and all of those things, and we can't do that. We're just too small. Right. And and so they can hit consistent terminal gravities. Uh-huh. My terminal gravities ver- are probably the largest variable in the brew house. Wow. Yeah. So could you actually take an any ale yeast and probably, if you want to hit a 1010, if it was an English or an Irish or a Cal ale, could you reach that with all of them, you think? Or if you had that much control over your yeast? 
Yeah, except it, it would be a bad thing. I th- I think when yeast le- leave too much residual sugar mm. because they're not healthy, okay. they leave other off flavors in the beer as well. Mm. Okay. Mm. So just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best way to do it. Okay. Uh, Clayton Cone would be a great guy to talk about that on. He can make any yeast do anything. He can make most beer yeast go above 25%. They'll taste like garbage, but he can make them do it. He's just stressing the heck out of them. Yeah. But – uh I'll give away that secret if you want how to brew your late night, be as drunk as you want, and know what your final gravity is without actually taking a final gravity reading. Pitch in the morning. Gimme. No, 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 no. Don't pitch in the morning. Shut up, Colin. Uh, Promash has this awesome button on there, and it's called pre-boil. And based off of your uh, boil off, which okay. you'll want to know at least one time, um, which most people at our, our – Ground level here, a good rolling boil on like an outdoor style burner is probably going to give you 15% boil off rate. A little less would be ideal, but that's pretty normal. Um, so this measurement, you, you type in all this stuff in ProMesh, how much grains or extract, it doesn't matter, extract all grain. You type in what you want to have at the final and how much liquid you want to have. Okay. And then it says, okay, before boil, you need to collect, let's say it's a 10 gallon batch. Yeah. It says, okay, if you want to collect a final volume of 10 and a half, because you're going to leave some below the spigot, so you leave behind mm-hmm. tube and all that, you need, let's say, 12.9 gallons based off of all that. And at that 12.9 gallons of collected wort to b- start boiling, you need a 1041 in order to hit a 1047 final gravity. Okay. As long as you had that right and your boil off was consistent like it normally is, yeah. you're not boiling off sugar, so you're just boiling off water. So you'll nail that every time, and you don't need to take that final hydrometer reading, even though our customers, yes, please take that reading. Yeah. yeah but yeah. for Justin here, who's yes. going to be passed out soon, <laughs> right? if he does that beforehand, he doesn't need to do it afterwards. And at least he'll have a fairly good idea where he ended up. Okay. Well, well Chris, who's the guy from Texas? Uh, uh, the beer geek from Texas who figures everything out in the Banforth. world. No, no. Uh, George Fix? Oh, not Banforth. Uh, um, the dark guy with the dark hair. Really nice. You guys um, want a minute well, alone? Yeah, <laughs> anyhow, there, there's this guy in, in Texas, and, and he figures out this way that I think is absolutely remarkable. You take your beer, okay, and, and these are your finished products out of the bottle. You shake it up, and you get all the carbonation out of it, literally no carbonation. Okay. You take a very accurate hydrometer reading yeah. and a very accurate refractometer reading, and you plug it into an equation, and it gives you the original gravity the apparent degree of fermentation, the real degree of fermentation, and the final gravity in the alcohol content. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, after those after it's all done and bottled and, and ready to drink. With yeah. those two readings. I've got the equation. Yeah, done. keep in mind. I'll, I'll email it to anybody And it's accurate? It. You've seen it in action? I've, I've used it. It takes a very good refractometer reading. Okay. It also so. takes a great hydrometer. We're not talking your average $5, $10, $20, not even like... It, Damn the, it. The refractometer or the hydrometer is probably going to at least be a $100 lab grade. Damn it. Well, well, a pitonometer <laughs> actually works real well for it. Oh, we all have one of those. Uh, um, which is a, it has an exact volume and you weigh it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, okay. And, and they, they work real well for it. Um, just estimating with, with homebrew equipment. Yeah. You get pretty close. Lewis Burnham. Lewis, That's his plug yeah. right there. He's a okay. great guy. Yeah, okay. he is a great guy. I already think he's a great guy. He I have no idea who this. he is. Yeah. That's a yeah. brilliant <laughs> thing right there. I could just wait till it's done. <laughs> but the nice thing is if you do it not Lewis's way, if you do it before you boil, you're probably sober. Yeah. And or you, more sober, yeah. and you can yeah. make an adjustment if you need to. <laughs> if you're too, if you're looking at like, oh, I'm too much sugar, you can add more water. If I'm yeah. too much, 
water, you can boil it longer or add more sugar. Okay. So you can at least make a, like all grain brewers love that and we'll get into refractometers because that's what, that's my real value of a refractometer right there is the pre-boil measurement. Okay. And I've got some questions here already th- about that. Um, okay. Why don't we actually just, uh, I know that our discussion as far as the chat room's concerned and the questions coming in are, are actually really guided toward refractometers. So why don't we skip over the basics of the hydrometer that I think most of us know about and most of our listeners know about. If you have any questions, we won't avoid them. Um, I, I got a couple of those that, that I'll get to, but, uh, definitely a lot about refractometers. So, um, while we're still on gravity, though, just before that, let me do this one question from the chat room. Why is checking for gra- for gravity important during mashing, secondary, etc.? Like, why are we checking through the whole process about our gravity? A basic question that I think it's good to answer because you you do need to know what your beer is doing. Because we can, first off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like any good geek, we need more tools just out there. Because well, you know, can. in the brewery, we check twice. Really? Yeah, we check before boil. Okay. Um, and then we have a, a ruler that we use to actually measure to make sure that we boiled off the right amount. Okay. So that, that tells us that the burner's working okay. All right. And then we measure right before we transfer to the aging cellar. Okay. And really what we're looking for is to make sure that we've hit our target gravity. Right. There's a recipe we probably brewed, you know, a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. And, and so as long as you've, you've evaporated the correct amount, you know your efficiency's consistent. Then, yeah. then as long as my starting gravity was right, you know, yeah. my, my pre-boil gravity. Okay. And as long as we evaporated the right amount of liquid, then I know I'm at a consistent gravity. Okay. Yeah. So all you homebrewers keep in mind, he brews on the same system. Yeah. Every the day. same environment. <laughs> the same. Same barometric beer. pressure yeah. every day. Yeah. All of us homebrewers, we don't get to. So At we, we want to know those things. Like, you know, take a pre-boil and a post-boil and you're going to know, oh man, I had a horrible boil. Okay. Or I had a great boil. Wow, I had too much boil. Right. Um, I brewed up in Durango, which we'll talk about later, and that's 7,000 feet. It boils at like 193 degrees up there. Okay. It's just bizarre. So we want to take all those things. So if you're trying to evaluate later on what made my beer this way. Yeah. If you all want to beat Jamil in competitions, take those hydrometer readings, write them down, keep a log book, because that's what make great brewers is people who can repeat what they've done before. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Repeatability is yeah. the key. Okay. And, and in fact, I uh, just as a small piece of advice, take one recipe and brew it ten times. Gotcha. And before you do anything else. Okay. Colin's been pushing that one down our throats forever. For yeah. five years now. Yeah. <laughs> now Colin, I've had time to brew two batches for fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like that, though. I was given a variation of that was to take one recipe, change one thing in it, and brew it ten times so that you know what that one part of the recipe changes in a beer. When when I was given the responsibility of the brew house, I had to brew the lightest recipe we had uh-huh. with the lightest hops over and over again until I hit my target gravity every time, okay. until it tasted consistent every time. Every time, right. And and the lightest beer is the hardest one to make because it's the, you don't have hops or anything. Very delicious. forgiving, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So now that that's uh, aside, I think we can get into refractometers. Uh, somebody tell me what a refractometer is, please. A refractometer measures the sugar content of a sugar and water solution Okay. by measuring the change in angle of light. Okay. And it has to do with the ratio of the speed of light in the sample mm-hmm. and the speed of light in air. Okay. 
Uh, you know what? You know what's really odd is that this part of the discussion That's usually awesome. gets a little cloudy for me. That's clear as a bell. I know that kind of stuff from from chemistry class, and uh, you know, you, you had to use it uh, even just working with prisms and how light changes and the speed of light. So it measures that angle. Okay, it's actually a very sensible measurement. Then, okay, that that makes sense. I, hey, I'm not lost during the technical part of the discussion <laughs> this week, and uh, that means I need to have another beer. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'll be having more of Matt's beer. Which, by the way, Matt, it's it's actually even a citrusy flavor. That I'm getting it out of it now. I, I'm, I'm drinking Matt's uh, double hopped amber ale, uh, right? Is that right? It's a double hopped amber. And uh, my, my first impression was that it had a, a real metallic y finish. But now I'm actually, it's almost, a, it's a real citrusy thing happened too, which is better than a metallic y thing I got going on as I'm drinking it. I didn't, I didn't pick the, the, the few comments that both you and John had made when mm-hmm. you first sampled it. I hadn't picked up on any of that in the, in the last week I've been drinking this. But okay. now that you've mentioned it, mm-hmm. I'm looking for it, and I can, I can, I find those yeah. attributes that you guys have given this it's, beer. It's there a little bit, John. Are you tasting the citrusy thing too? Get, oh, is he in the room still? Yeah. <laughs> I Weird. get fusel alcohol. Oh, is that what that? Yeah. And is that a? It's can a really I be warm feeling in the end, mm. right after the metallic taste? Yeah, yeah. I know. I should, I should just slap him. But uh, <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, well, I don't want to get off on a tangent. Then, yeah, I just wanted to say that real quick. Well, I appreciate you uh, yeah. mentioning my beer. Thanks very much. Anytime, yeah. anytime. Um, okay, how about this? Um, now that I know what a refractometer is and what it does, uh, in relation to a hydrometer, uh, somebody in the chat room found that his refractometer and his hydrometer don't give the same reading. What gives? Uh, I would like to ask them a question. Is, if that's before or after fermentation. Okay. Before. Well, both it won't. What about, te- well, it, what about temperature? It, it should also never give you the same reading because they're in two different scales usually to start with. And, okay. And there is a correction. Um, there is a correction. My hydrometers are bricks, and my refractometer is is percent sugar somehow. Okay. But uh, I thought that refractometers were supposed to be in they, bricks. That they aren't. The refracts are um, usually in bricks. Well, they, they sh- at the gravities that we t- we're talking about, they're interchangeable. Okay. But there's still a difference. Okay. And I find that a correction factor I use is 1.004. Okay. And I, I don't remember if I divide or multiply the refractometer reading by that okay. to match my hydrometer. So but if there's a very that, small correction. Okay. And it's, then that will get you, get you the same reading. And that gets you the same readings. And, but they, it's kind of recipe dependent. It's a little different on different recipes. Okay. But it's such a small number. Okay. Is, is bricks the same as Plato? Technically, no. Okay. Close but enough. It's close enough. It's close oh, enough. Okay. Okay. Now, are the two varying because of how, if like, uh, accurate and efficient a refractometer is? Is that why you're getting two different gravities, or is it just because they're, they're measuring in a different way? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. But um, they are going to be different, and you need a correction scale. They are going to be different and consistently different on a recipe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But most people, as a general rule of thumb, just use the power of four. So if it's reading a 10, they just say, okay, multiply that by 4. I have roughly, and that's a rough, 1040. Right, but, but the refractometer or the hydrometer might actually read 1042. Absolutely. When they that's why them side by side. you got to take this whole rough versus yeah. accurate. If you want accurate, in my opinion, go hydrometer. I mean, unless you're going to brew as often as Colin does and brew the same beer like Colin does over yeah. and over again, you're better off if you want the most accurate reading Use hydrometers, but use if you hydro- want a okay. quick rule of thumb, it only takes one drop. Yeah. And usually most of the refractometers have a automatic temperature compensation. Okay. And so you could take it right out of the boil, put it right on the lens, one drop, and get a 
pretty darn good accurate within milliseconds. Okay. I'm glad you said that because you've answered two questions for me. And I actually thought the answer to this one would have been opposite. One of the questions from the chat room is, is how accurate is the refractometer versus the hydrometer? My original assumption would have been the refractometer because of just the way that it measures things. Uh, but, but you're saying that if you want a very accurate one, you might want to go with a good hydrometer instead. Let me recall okay. that because ideally if you want the highest accuracy without doing much, a hydrometer is easier to use for most homebrewers. If you want the best inline accuracy, I mean, at all the big processing plants, they have inline refractometers. Okay. Um, And that's the most accurate you're going to get. And a a $3,000 lab refractometer is going to be 100 times more accurate. Absolutely. And then some people don't know how to read, where to read from a hydrometer, the top of the meniscus, the middle, the lower. And this is something I have a lot of experience with now, and I can add something to all of this homebrew knowledge, Mm. is if you get all the bubbles off the glass, Uh it is much easier to read where the line is. If you have any bubble on the window, yeah. it actually tries to blur the line. And the more bubbles you have on the line, the more blurry the, on the window, the more blurry the line's going to be. Okay. Okay. Chris, where do you re- read your hydrometer? Like top of the meniscus, below? Where do you read your hydrometer? <laughs> um, do you guys want to see my hydrometer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your gravity? I, I don't care where you read it as long as you're consistent about where you read it. Okay. Because all you want to know is two readings, really, right? The beginning and end. Right. I mean, okay. that's what most people want to know. Yeah. And as long as you're reading either from the top of the line or the bottom of the line, the technical answer, I believe, is one-third of the way through from the top to the bottom. No, the bottom of the meniscus is the is what they say. Uh, can argue, oh, uh, that, that's what Davis teaches. Well, Davis is Davis. I, mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know there what Siebel teaches. <laughs> I'm speaking of that. You know what Ivy League teaches. <laughs> <laughs> but in the real world. <laughs> uh, and then the other question that you, you also answered was, um, and, and I read this about refractometers mm-hmm. as well, the question from the chat room is how does temperature affect the refractometer and that a lot of, of, of good, and, and I think even some of your basic refractometers, they adjust for the temperature, which I like also. Uh, my first hydrometer even didn't have the temperature adjustment, and it's not hard to add that to look up what it's supposed to be. But I, I anyway changed over to the hydrometer that had the adjustment thermometer on the bottom of it, so that I could just look at the thing and and know whether to add plus zero one or or whatever. And let's be smart about what you use. Don't ever try to stick something that's actually boiling, let's say from the faucet of mm. the uh, the kettle or anything. Use an eyedropper or something that's going to pull out a very small sample so that when you do put it on automatic temperature compensation, okay. it at least has a chance to cool down. Okay. Like you wouldn't use your hydrometer in the boil kettle, right. even though it has a thermometer in it. Well, not early on in the process anyway. <laughs> but if it were, like I said, 4 a.m., I might. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Uh, but I do like that about uh, both the hydrometer I have now that adjusts for that. And I really like that when I was reading about the refractometers that they also will adjust. You just put the drop on, you close the lid, it's adjusting for everything, and it's telling you what it's supposed to be. If anything, you got to convert it from bricks to um, what specific are we Specific gravity. Yeah, to specific gravity. So. How do you uh, calibrate a hydrometer? A hydrometer? Or a refractometer. Or can you even calibrate a refract? Yeah, you can. In fact, you have to calibrate a refractometer when you get it. Yeah. And um, we try to do it once a week in the brewery. Um, you put distilled water on the window and set it to zero. At, okay. at 65 to 70 or? 
Well, we do it in the brewery ambient temperature because that's what we're going to be using. Since it's automatically temperature compensated anyways, um, we assume that the brewery environment is a temperature we yeah. want to calibrate at. Your brewery's okay. inside of a restaurant. It's and inside so of a restaurant. It's a yeah. pretty temp control. I'm just <laughs> doing this out to the masses. <laughs> right. Don't, don't think your brewery, if you're like me, where your brewery's at 104 right now, <laughs> that that's okay as your ambient temp. Okay. That was another question too, is how do we calibrate a, a Yeah, distilled water and there's a little uh, adjustment knob. Now, why distilled water? Um, because distilled water will read one. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, or, or zero gotcha. you know, percent sugar. Because okay. there's no particulates to alter the beam of light, or, or what's the deal there? There's no salts in it, because okay. salts will change your refractometer reading as well. Interesting. Okay. In yeah. uh, On the More Beer uh, forum mm-hmm. earlier this week, or rather last week, Jamil uh, discussed using just tap water to calibrate refractometers, and he said that there's so little difference that it's no no problem. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with that. For a home brewer, I'm sure that's exactly accurate enough. Since we have distilled water around, mm-hmm. and I know exactly what's in it, that's what I use. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Jamil's right for 99% of America. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy a gallon of yeah. distilled water if I had to well, calibrate my hydrometer. You cheap. I mean, or it's right. 99 cents. <laughs> it's a trip to the store. It's a, it's a chance to but, get but, a drunk driving hey, I'm ticket. with Colin on the 99 <laughs> yeah. cents yeah. save, by the way. Let's just say if you're, like, though, in Florida and you're on ground uh, table water. That actually is a high salinity level, and it's so that could throw you off. So I wonder. I wonder if we have somebody in Florida who can my brother. The, the, yeah, uh, and actually, we got crotch rot in Florida too. He's right. always, <laughs> a, no, I mean it. We really have our <laughs> one of our our favorite listeners, a crotch rot in Florida, is always helping us out. We Would he like, like a refractometer to measure that crotch rot? Or <laughs> it oh, works. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Okay. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Chris Graham, who uh, teaches at the Siebel Institute of Technology and also works for uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer, and Colin Kaminsky, who works at the uh, Downtown Joe's Brewery in Napa, California, so they're helping us out. And, of course, chiming in and helping us is uh, Matt, who's always working with the Brewing Network in, in many good ways and helping us out. We appreciate it. So he's hanging out, uh, just so you all know. And, and still on to. vacation, as John, please say. And that's right. <laughs> still not yet back. I gotta let's get let's use Matt beer. as a.k.a. Fastbottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Fastbottom. Fast he does our postings for us and uh, just a great all-around beer advocate how yeah. about that you should put that He's on your pioneer. business card matt peterson beer advocate that's <laughs> what you are um okay why don't we do some more basics about the refractometer i got a question here from the chat room how do you use a refractometer let's just go let's go through the simple steps of that it's a nice easy to use piece of toolery if you will okay i'm looking at it right now it kind of looks like a handle on a bicycle it's it's about the size of just where you you grab the bike at the end there's a slanted and a uh, it's it's slanted it's got a piece of glass uh it's blue on the bottom and and then a cap that falls over top of it so i'm guessing that that's where you're putting your sample so as chris kind of describes it that you know that's where you're going to be laying your and sample it has an on that slanted piece of glass and then it's got an eyepiece at the other end um and an adjustable eyepiece as well for focus um for focus so Chris, how do you use that piece of machinery there? It's it's about as easy as you just described it. Literally, all it takes is usually one to two drops. I usually like to put it on the top of the slanted Glass lens. Thing. Okay, and when you lay down the lens, uh, the lens cap over it, it's going to spread the drop of liquid across. Okay. The, I like to have the whole thing covered. I don't know. If Absolutely. Co- yeah. Okay. And uh, then once you have that, you need adequate light. That's probably the most important thing. This little studio light wouldn't work. Okay. Um, we do make one or do have one with a light cover on there. 
right now. You can turn that down. Yeah, yeah, you can turn that (laughs) off. And uh, then adjust the eyepiece while you're looking through it, and it's a blue line. Okay. Even for us colorblind people, we can find that blue line. Okay. And you measure right from there. And it's got scales, you know, depending on how good of a refractometer to what scale it has on there. Okay. Usually at least 0 to 32 break. Okay. All right. So it's a really uh, simple piece of machine. It's it's actually even easier, it seems, than using a hydrometer. Much easier. Um, you know, yeah. than having to fill up the. Especially for me, as a as a home brewer, a pulling a, a, and, and I'm using a carboy, right? So I'm having to put a a hose down in my carboy and, and put my thumb on the end of it and and, and throw the hose out and, and dip it into the hydrometer. Sounds and I've, clean. I've yeah, oh, I'm serious. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I've come up with several different ways. This I've, is at four a.m. Yeah, exactly. The dogs out with you. It's bad news. Uh, I've actually just come up with a slightly more efficient way to fill up my hydrometer, but it's a pain in the rear, which is part of the reason why I just go to bed instead. But um, uh, I like the the deal with the refractometers that you're really you're, you're pretty much just taking kind of a a pipette or an, an eyedropper. You're you're squeezing a drop of water onto that lens, like you guys said. You like to cover the whole thing a lot, like in biology class when you used to take the uh, slide and and put your sample on the slide, and then you place a plastic cover over top of it to spread it out and be able to look at it through a microscope that's much uh, it's it's much like the refractometer it's the same principle so that you can really get a good look at it go ahead matt i, I think it should be mentioned here that that refractometers the presence of alcohol in a sample will skew the reading from a refractometer you can't take a fermented sample and read the refractometer directly i think Promash, true? unless you know the original gravity okay, okay. You so must there is a conversion you can make but don't don't Take fermented wort or beer and read it in the refractometer and expect to get an accurate reading. So it's, read ridiculously it's, high. It's yeah. original gravities only. Well, uh, not, without correction. It's not true. Gravity. I mean, you, it is. It? Uh, Promash has a nice built-in utility to help you do that. Uh-huh. But okay. what you'd want to know is in a like kind of like what Colin was talking about before, where you can have a refract and a hydrometer. If you do the opposite in the beginning, you can take refracts at the end and know what your final hydrometer or final gravity is. Hmm. Hey, I got Dr. Scott on the phone. You want to take a quick interlude and see what that drunken dude's up to? You can hang it up. (laughs) I got him. Hey, Doc, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, hey. How are you, Dr. Scott? I'm doing good. A little frazzled after that long drive, but uh, I I got a beer in front of me now. There you go. Porch of a brew pub. Oh, nice. Describe the beer. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a golden ale. Okay. What's it's, the brew pub? It's uh, the Hedge House. It's for North, the old new, new old bomb park or something. They told me. Okay. Where are you exactly? What city? What state? I'm in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Uh, what do they call it? Like Beervana or something up there? <laughs> There's so many uh, yeah. brew pubs. And yeah. We're missing you around here, Doctor Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I. I'm, thinking, you know, I'm, I'm missing being there. Although, you know, Chris is doing a real good job. I'm replacing you, Scott. <laughs> Watch out. Hey. Don't give up your day job, Scott. You know what you missed out on, though, Doc, is getting to make fun of John for being an hour late today. Half hour. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> Why you got to lie, man? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> I mean, that, you and I would have had a ball with that one, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to I have hope, a replay. I hope it was important. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling we'll keep it going for a couple weeks anyway. That would be great. So you can chime in next week. Is you it, know I will. Is it still looking like you're going to make it back for next week's show? What do you think? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the plan. Your wife doesn't know that yet, though, does she? Well, I told her if I have to lay that 
RV and they're sideways, I'm gonna. <laughs> right. They can wait out front in the RV. <laughs> they can't. They can. Or they can come in and play with the dog. You know, that'll be fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, my kids would love that. What's the best beer that you've had on your vacation so far? Uh, mine. <laughs> is that right good answer yeah. and how much of your own beer did you bring with you for a, how many days vacation are we talking um 10 days 10 days uh, how much beer for 10 days i probably bought brought a case okay. but I'm, I'm supplementing with other things too you gotcha all right because i was gonna say a case come on i don't know what i'd have done after day two case a day <laughs> scott you don't want to lose that license now. <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I plan on uh supplementing with other things in fact we're going over to pacific city tomorrow it's on the coast oh uh, okay and they, and they have a brew pub there nice pelican i got uh i got brewer friends in 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 portland now you know since the brew fest yeah i could hook oh, you yeah. up. i could hook you up over at full sale or something if you want in, in fact, right down on the Willamette River there um, yeah. is, is where Full Sail has their um, their uh, satellite brewery. They brew their specialty beers there. Uh, if you go into the pub where they serve all sorts of, of beer and then the breweries in the back, just uh, tell John Harris that you work with the Brewing Network and you're in like Flint, man. Again? You have to pay double, that's all. Yeah, you just have to pay <laughs> twice as much. <laughs> but he'll, he'll, he'll like you. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Scott, Matt here. Hey, I practically grew up in Pacific City. I know you're going to go to Pelican while you're there, but there's okay. also there's also a place. It's just a bar. It's called the Sportsman's Tavern. The owner's name is Rob Royster. Drop my name, and you probably won't get anything. But what the hell? You'll you know make You'll, me happy anyway. He so. might urinate in your pint. <laughs> <laughs> that guy <laughs> owes me. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of the bargain? What's the name of the bargain, Matt? Sportsman's Tavern. There's only. Pacific City is such a one-horse town, you can't miss it. There's right. o- there's only two places to drink there, the Pelican and Sportsman. You'll probably park across the street from it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> there you go. All right, Doc. Well, we're going to get on with refractometers. You got anything to chime in real quick with about that? You want to give a, a point of, of, of wiseness from the Doc? Uh, just get one. I, I bought one, and I never looked back. Okay, nice. Do you use it in place of a hydrometer or use both? No, no, I still use my hydrometer, but I don't use it while I'm brewing. I usually use the refractometer the whole time I'm brewing. Okay. But I use the hydrometer at the end of fermentation. Okay. Oh, so we were just talking about And then when you use the hydrometer at the end, you have to do an adjustment to get the right gravity? Yeah, because uh, it, yeah, it's supposed to only be calibrated for uh, sugar and water solution. Right. When you, throw, when you throw alcohol in there, too, it, it messes it up, so you do a calibration for that. Okay. But it's a simple equation, then? Yeah. It's a weird equation. Uh, okay. It's kind of calibrated yeah. like you. You're only calibrated for sugar and water. Alcohol yeah. throws you off. Yes. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Well, that uh, makes unlike, sense. Unlike you, Chris, you're calibrated only for alcohol. For alcohol com- <laughs> consumption only. Right. It's uh, a good way to be calibrated. Hey, you know, did you hear that Jamil lost his gallbladder? His gallbladder? Yeah, he just lost it. Uh, well, they took it out, I guess. He was walking in Berkeley and it just dropped out. Yeah, they said he. They said he. They said he didn't need it anymore, so they took it. Yeah, what's your yeah, take on that? See, yeah, my my whole thing about that, Doc, what I said is that that's why I don't trust you doctors, because you're always saying, oh, you don't need this, you don't need that. Like the seven teeth that my orthodontist pulled before putting my braces on, oh, you don't need these. Come on, guys. It's kind of like as long as you're in there. Yeah. Well, why do we have them if we don't need them, Doc? 
Well, they're in the way. <laughs> they're in the way. See, what it is, is it is it doctors, they spend enough time in medical school that they think God doesn't know shit. Too much <laughs> Am You're I right, Doc? You're, yeah, pretty much. And he doesn't get a discount either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All right, Doc. Well, thanks for calling in and checking with us. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good show. All right. Don't be late because I'm going to make fun of you like I did John. <laughs> okay. What All else right. new? We'll hey. see you next week, Doc. All right, see ya. I want to know where I can find these equations. Yeah. And I think Colin does. Yeah, actually, uh, they're available online. All right. If you go to um, uh, Brew Your Own's website, um, they have a bunch of articles from past issues. Mm -hmm. Um, They try to take a couple sample articles out of each issue. Okay. Uh, One of them is entitled uh, Refractometers, and it was written by Colin Kaminsky. Whoa, who is that guy? How about that? (laughs) Interesting. Um, And it is available online. It doesn't have the niftiest of the equations, which is how to do all the terminal uh, calculations. Okay. Um, But I do have that uh, that I can email to people. It it got edited out of the article, actually. And where can you get that magazine? Uh, you can get that magazine at, uh, what was that weird place's name that they got that funky website? Uh, Stpats.org. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was, it was morebeer.com actually. Yeah. There we we carried most of Colin's articles. We, we bought all the back issues so we nice. can publish Colin's articles for him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really nice of you. It's like Michael Jackson bought the whole Beatles catalog just because, uh, Actually, Paul McCartney told him he should, <laughs> and now he owns all part Paul McCartney stuff. Yeah. Smart man. It's the same thing. Is uh, another question from the chat room: Is the refractometer uh, for wine? If it's made for wine, can brewers make it work for for them? That pretty much they're all the same. It's yeah. the same. It's thing. the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So they're just packaging them different. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Well, beer, except, beer, more beer. Just except for morebeer.com, that one for beer. No, they're the same exact thing. Okay. Morebeer.com just scratches wine off and writes beer. We use whiteout. <laughs> yeah. right, I'm trying to weed Die through grinder. these. Uh, how about a simple one while I weed through some other questions here? Does a hydrometer justify the cost? Uh, what well, says hydrometer? But I wonder if they might have meant refractometer justify the cost. If you're an all grain brewer, absolutely yes. Okay. If you're not, probably not. Okay. Well, you know, and there, as an all-grain brewer, there's a nifty little thing you can do, which is deciding when you're going to stop running off uh, wort. And um, uh, doing it with a hydrometer is ridiculous. Yeah, it would take too long. And there's not a lot of home brewers who do the runoff. We don't even do it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we actually have it built into the recipes. We do it when we're formulating a recipe, and then we have a cutoff point that goes by height in our kettle. Yeah. Um, but you can actually measure the gravity of the runoff. As as the gravity gets lower and lower in your runoff, you're starting to extract things out of the grain that you don't want. You're better okay. off at that point using just regular water. Yeah, hot liquor is what we like to use because it boils faster. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Cold tap water? <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> Uh, does here's another question from the uh, chat. Does it make a difference whether or not you have the ATC feature on your refractometer if your refractometer is always on the same temperature when you take the reading? No, if the sample is well, at the same temperature. Well, no, actually, the ATC. If you, have, if you take a refractometer apart, which I got to do, unfortunately, hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> or actually, the ground took it apart for me, and I got to sift through the pieces. Um, it's actually measuring the temperature of the refractometer, not the sample. 
Ah. And it is calibrating uh, for the, the refractometer sample. being a different temperature. It's assuming that when you drop on that window that your sample is the same temperature as the entire refractometer. And that's the assumption that that device makes. And most good refractometers are made of metal and are going to disperse that temperature pretty quickly. quickly. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Um, so, yes, by the ATC. By the ATC. Okay, we're going to take a break. We can continue the discussion with refractometers uh, if you have more questions, although that clears our chat room right now, the questions I got. You can also call in 888-401-BEER, and you can ask the questions right here live if you want to talk to these guys. So here's what I'm thinking we're going to do. When we come back, uh, I'm going to start a, a, just a, sort of a serious, you know, not-so-serious interview with you guys and find out what you do. And we're here with Colin Kaminsky of Downtown Joe's in Napa. Um, we'll find out how long you've been brewing and how how long you've been with them and what your history is, um, maybe your belly size, because we like to uh, figure that out for our guests. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not too big for a brewer, to be quite yeah. honest. Very. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, we're here with Chris Graham, who uh, teaches at the Siebel Institute of Technology. We want to find out about the kind of stuff that, that uh, students get to learn from you. He's on the and, governing um, committee, too, aren't you? Of the AHA? Yeah. The governing committee of the AHA. Here's a little super tramp. We'll be right back. The Brewing Network. Listening to the Brewing Network. I hate it when it sneaks up on me like that. We get to talking in here about beer and drinking, and then all of a sudden the song's over. <laughs> Fell off. Sorry, guys. It's actually never happened. This show it's happened twice, and yeah. the rest of the time I'm like, "Don't talk to me. I'm busy. I got I got to watch the song. I'm watching the song. Don't, I'll talk to you after the show." But today I'm like, "Hey, let's hang out. <laughs> Come on." Last week was the hangover show. This week's the hangout show. I brought that vibe home. The, the post hangover yeah. show. Mm. You know what it is? You know why I just feel like hanging out? Bought a motorcycle today. Oh. Is that yours? Out is front that yours right out front? It's my bike out there. Nice. It's only like twenty three years old or something, but so it's this awesome. show's gonna last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buy your insurance now. Well, Danielle and I needed a second car. I actually should say Daniela bought a motorcycle today. Uh, we needed a second vehicle because we just got mine, and it's paying. You know, uh, Bay Area. Although we got this transportation system, it's really not the, as great as everybody says it is. You need a car to get around, and uh, cheapest way to do it. We couldn't afford another car, so sort of half we get to have tons of fun, and half we get a, a second vehicle. I bought a bike. So if I don't show up next week, it's because I killed myself. <laughs> Where's your brain bucket? Yeah. yeah. John will be taking over the show. The I'm silent actually, hour I'm will really start at five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, so how do you, why do you like beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beer and motorcycle. Yeah, beer and motorcycle show. Your yes. liver and a motorbike sounds great. Sunday, yeah, yeah. Sunday, it's Sunday. Good, huh? <laughs> I ought to buy medical I'm insurance I'm actually very now. disappointed in you. Why? That I bought a bike? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you knew I was going to. I told you I was going to do it. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just, I'm in hangout What's, mode. That's his excuse now. What's what changed, You get a motorcycle, you just get laid back. You're like, hey, I got a bike. <laughs> you guys can shut up. See my ride. <laughs> 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 so it happens. Uh, Daniela got a bike. Hey. Hmm. My girlfriend got a bike. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you a little story I here. Shut up. <laughs> I had a customer. Yeah. He got hit. Um, rear-ended his wife. He was in the hospital for about three months, and it happened to him twice. Yeah. I know. There's bad. There's a lot of horror stories. There's a. There's he was the at old, a stop sign. There's the old attaché. There's there's only two types of motorcycle riders: those who that that have been hit, and those that will get hit. Well, you have to but, ride uh, defensively. I will ride defense. Come on, look at hey. Hey, relax. 
Hey, I can vent. I want to vent. No, I'm, I'm protecting fine my, with that. you know, this is my brother here. John, I'm fine. This is my brother. Chirp up here. Yeah. I mean, the quiet guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm, what? Motorcycle? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this guy's safety. And yours too, Daniela. I love both of you. Uh, we're stoked about it, though. Yeah, I'm sure No, you I'm are. sure of all the danger. I, I'm aware of all of that. But you know what? There's, I get paranoid just driving the car. Like it's, you know, you could die in that. I had a friend get nailed by a drunk driver just the other day and, uh, punctured liver punctured or broken ribs uh, he's gonna be all right but uh you know it could happen in a car too it could right yeah. i got a helmet do you and, have a leather and, jacket no i'll get one though i'll get one of those bad i mean the network sure it's not gonna work no it's not but i'm i'm with you on that all the safety gear too because at least then if you take one of those falls that you sort of slide across the ground which is sort of a minor fall but yeah. could really tear off some skin the leather totally takes care of that. Plus, actually. you want to look cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be on a bike looking like yeah. a geek. No, no. Yeah. Like I'm not going to wear my cardigan on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I got patches on my elbows. <laughs> I wear a stainless suit. <laughs> I'm going to wear one of those night suits. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell Justin, but John's getting a little weird lately about yeah. safety. Just you know, yeah. showing up to work in like full armor. Yeah. yeah. Is that why he's late all the time? Exactly. Yeah. He's got his bicycle helmet at work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have one in my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a warehouse, guys. Things happen. <laughs> I mean, for example, what if this hey, bag of have greens you heard of fell fund? down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. John, pay, comp? John pays our workers' comp bills. Yeah. Keep on with the safety, yes, John. Yeah. Keep on with yeah. the safety. I was in the shop there once with you when John was yelling at the guys pulling down the green bags yeah. because they didn't like use twenty a, feet up and, and pe- they didn't use an, eleva- or an elevator. They didn't use a ladder. Yeah. They just climbed up the rafters, yeah. and John was all over. That, that ticks us off too. And yeah. if OSHA's listening, that doesn't happen doesn't anymore. Happen. It does not hasn't happen. happened in years. Yeah. You know what's funny about it is that I've never seen John be assertive, like really assertive. I've seen him assert himself, but at that instant, I was like, "Whoa, John." Is well, I'm a laid John? back guy, but totally. when, when, I, when I feel something strongly, I let it out. Cause, oh yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, I almost I'm, feel guilty I'm, for teaching those guys how to climb up yeah. those. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. That's why he doesn't work there anymore. Yeah, yeah we fired Colin for that. Okay. He well, says it is. he quit. We fired him, and I'll hire him back at any moment. <laughs> Captain Safety Colin. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we get on with it a bit here? We are here with Colin Kaminsky of Downtown Joe's in Napa Valley. Uh, we're going to start an interview with him. We're also here with Chris Graham, who teaches at the Siebel Institute of Technology and uh, is one of the owners of More More uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer. Uh, more and more. I just ever more beer, man. More beer. More, more, that's more, all you more, need more. to know, right? B three. I like B three. I think B3. that's a good yeah. name for it. More so. beer. That's what I'd rather be known as. Is just more, more beer. beer. Okay, there yeah. you go. It's a good name. Well, why don't we start with Colin, who's uh, driven himself out from Napa? Do you live in Napa? I do. You yeah. do. Okay. I can walk to the brewery. Which, nice. Which is nice. Yeah. That is really nice. You have a plane too, right? Which means you can walk. What? I do. Yeah. yeah. Wow, the brew business has been good to you, huh? <laughs> I actually bought it before I learned to brew. Okay. Like, what are we talking here? Like a Cessna type of plane? No, I have a fifty. 15 meter glider. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, well, sort of. I, hey, guys, just so you know, that's how well brewing pays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't afford an engine. you got to get a glider. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. You know, All what? of our friends own breweries. Somebody at uh, my other job, at the bar gig that I do, uh, said the other day, you know, because I'm always talking about beer and, and we're trying out different beers there at the bar, and, and they said, you know, you're going to become like a famous brewer, aren't you? Like, you're going to be rich and famous brewing beer. And I was like, well, for one... My beer's not that good. And two, there are no rich and famous brewers. Yeah, name, if they can name a single brewer, I'd be impressed. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like notoriety, maybe. A yeah. decent living, possibly. Rich and famous, forget it. Retirement, not happening. <laughs> yeah. But decent and brewing 
they don't go hand in hand. Well, see, fortunately, Napa comes with a retirement program for brewers. They have the Napa State Hospital just down the street. <laughs> <laughs> you can retire there whenever oh, you're too crazy to go. Oh, to you work. mean the insane asylum? <laughs> That's perfect. Although, you know, the, the thing about becoming a brewer or even working in the beer industry and uh, um, being lucky, in a, a, as Chris has been lucky to get in on a, at the ground floor of a company like More Beer, uh, Danielle and I talk about this thing where, where a lot of people in, in, in America in particular are really obsessed with work and working and work, work, work. And, and in the Bay Area where we live, you spend a, just as much time on the road getting to work as you yeah. do at work and, and all this sort of stuff. So while the, the monetary compensation isn't brilliant, you're not, you, you know, you're not going to be buying yachts and, 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 and Learjets, uh, that you get to go to work and do something as cool as brewing beer like you do, Colin, right. or or distributing and, and advocating beer like you do, Chris, and you as well, John. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you know, you can't really put a number on that. It's pretty awesome. It's lifestyle. Well, uh, you know, I, I I tell anybody you know that'll listen that when I was twenty three, I retired. Okay. And yeah. and ever since then, I I was unemployed for about nice. nine months. Okay. And uh, my girlfriend supported me. Was was ready to kill me. <laughs> and. Uh, I, I just decided that day I was never going to do something I didn't love. Okay. And ever since then, I've been very lucky yeah. uh, to have jobs that I've loved. You know, uh, okay. beer, beer, more beer is a great example. Yeah. That you woke up every morning and you said, wow, I get to go to work today. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Surrounded by beer products. I just like hanging out at the store. Yeah. It smells Talk good. Talk beer for a living? Yeah. It's a good thing. No, it's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. So that makes up for the monetary. How long have you been brewing, Colin? Starting with your homebrew career. How about let's do Well, that. my homebrew career lasted three batches. Oh, it's, a, it's a great story, so it's well worth writing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, plug this, please. Three so, batches, all right. So I uh, started dating this woman, and uh, she had a spare bedroom. And I opened the door to the spare bedroom one day. Can I ask what age we're talking here that you are? I, I, I am 40 now. No, no, no okay. And, right. I, and I was 29 then. 29 then. Okay, go on. And uh, I opened the door to uh, her. Wow, it's been 11 years. That's crazy. <laughs> so I, I opened the door to the spare bedroom, and uh-huh. it's filled with carboys. Okay. And I'm thinking, you know, what in the world is this crap, you know? Yeah. And uh, she uh, she comes home and she says, oh, you know, that's uh, my homebrewing stuff. I've got a degree in fermentation science. Wow. Well, she was a plan operator for Chevron, you know. She, she basically turned pumps on at Chevron. Okay. And uh, so that kind of surprised me. So I started talking to her about it. And turned out I decided I wanted to brew. All right. So I made her teach me how to brew. Okay. And the first day we brewed, it was a great time. Okay. The second day we brewed, she decided I was stepping on her toes because I was learning this too fast, and I might be a better brewer than she oh, did. And she didn't want me to ever brew again. Wow. So the third time I brewed, I waited till she was at work, and I used all her equipment and brewed while she was working. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, let's premise, let's premise a couple other things here, too. You were living with her at that point? No, I just stayed there all the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't living... <laughs> quote unquote. You a shag. Did like I pay this. rent? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had my own apartment. I just never went there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. we knew, we had just gotten to know Colin at this time. And Colin's the type of guy who told us that his pleasure was reading for three to four hours a day. And I'd never met anyone who got a pleasure out of reading. And it's not like he's reading like a Grisham novel or something okay. like that. These are, he goes to bookstores and buys, uh, college books. 
Wow. I, I, I like to go to the college bookstore. Okay. At the end of the spring semester. Yeah. When they've decided what they're not going to need for used books for the next year. You know, the professor changes the book. Right. They've got all these used books they've bought back. Okay. They don't need them anymore, so they sell them for a quarter. Okay. So you get all these great textbooks for a quarter, you know. You're a freaky dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> <laughs> what, what subjects are we talking here? Does it matter? I have about 800 textbooks. Uh. And if Colin asks you Where to you help him those? move, say no. Yeah. <laughs> as fast as you can. He's got 800 textbooks. Where do you keep 800 textbooks? I have four At your girlfriend's house. I, I have four bookcases. Okay. And uh, they, they're all over the house because there's not enough room in one room. Have you read all 800 textbooks? No. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, though. Okay. Um, there's some that are above my level. Okay. Um, yeah. I've got a uh, uh, the, the chemistry of the solar system uh, MIT text. That okay. I've just never been able to get through. I've tried a few times. I heard. Well, I read who, that last who week. Who doesn't try? Right, I read that last week. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got one more caveat to add to that. And this girl who he better watch out since we're real close to Chevron here and <laughs> says he just turned. She just turned on pumps. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you might want to hide, Colin. Yeah. Um, is the fact that she would allow him to brew? I, I, if I remember right, is one or the other? You could either brew everything but one style, or only one style. No, I, I, I the compromise I finally made her begrudge, begrudgingly agree to okay. was that I could brew IPAs, but nothing else. Yes, uh, that was it. because she doesn't brew IPAs. Is that the deal? No, that was just the one style she was going to let uh, me brew that you could have. <laughs> okay. what, a, what a great girl! Yeah. Well, so then after your third batch, that that was it, and you had to go pro. I don't understand. It started such a big conflict in our relationship that she and I split up within weeks after that. <laughs> the fact that I brewed while she was at work and, was and like we, the wow. end. That know? was when we found Colin like at the store before we got there, like helping us clean up right. when we were leaving and not wanting to go. Okay, so in Colin's defense, she's a little freakier than you are if she can't handle that you're brewing. And that's little, hard to do. Yes. You know? Slight, slight difference. I mean, that's, yeah, that's interesting. She wouldn't, although if Daniela starts brewing really good beer, I might do the same thing. You would. You're competitive. I am competitive. You know Come what, on, Daniela? You know what? We'll kick you, you out. Should. <laughs> yeah. She can stay. I bet you're she out. Can. Well, because then she would just have it all, wouldn't <laughs> exactly. She'd own this yeah. network. Okay, She's don't a better touch, cook than you. Don't touch my stuff. So, so <laughs> anyhow, the flip side of that whole story was okay. a friend of mine was a brewer at a brewery. Okay. And uh, actually at Downtown Joe's. All right. And I went in there one day and I said, hey, you know, I really miss brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not seeing, you know, this girl anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, can I come help? Okay. And uh, started volunteering, just shoveling out the mash tun or loading grain up into the attic or whatever yeah. whatever it took to... Uh, to just get my foot in the door, okay, and kind of hung out there for about four years. Wow, I'm um, getting a day's work here, day's work there. Uh, finally, I was getting a brew day here, a brew day there. All volunteer for the four years? No, okay. Um, after about three months, the assistant brewer died in a drunken motorcycle accident. Oh, oh. oh let's go back to what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> well, he was drunk, or the person that hit him was drunk. Um, he was drunk, hmm. and he crossed lanes and did a head-on. Oh. And, Ouch. Yeah. That's got to hurt. <laughs> Thanks, Colin, for bringing everyone down. Oh, <laughs> and, man. And, and so I, at his wake, I was given the job of assistant brewer. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, way to, uh, <laughs> wow. way, to, way, to co- way to climb the corporate ladder. Yeah, that gives new meaning to right time, wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've personally been pissed off at Downtown Joe's ever since. Really? <laughs> wow. At the wake, yeah, he I, turned I, over in I, his grave, I right? Didn't 
didn't even realize it was the wake. I was invited there. there by the brewery. Said, "Hey, you know, uh, come down and meet me." Wow. And I show up, and it's the wake. And, and there happens like, to be a body standing <laughs> laying next to you. And, and he he says basically, you know, uh, do you want Rick's job? And I said, "Well, what do I need to do?" He says, "You need to brew one day a week all summer." He didn't say like, Shh, "I don't want I don't want Rick to hear." Come uh, over here. No, he introduces me to his wife. Hey, okay. hey this is Leanne. Colin's going to be Rick's replacement. And, you know, it was oh, slappy. So, at the wake. <laughs> at the wake. Wow. What's wrong with these people? Everybody was partying it up, you know. It okay. Was, it was a very kind of festive a event. Okay. John will never call me ruthless event. ever okay. again. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John, you're that replacement. Okay. And so you became the assistant brewer there that day. I, yeah. I did, and, and it paid uh, $10 an hour. Okay. For one day a week for the summer. Oh, wow. And then I took the winters off. And wow. I did that for four years. What would you do in the winter? Um, I was working as a luthier. I was making guitars. I heard that about you. I heard a rumor that you make guitars. Yeah. He's the devil. That, that's, that was my day job at the time. Do you play guitars, too? I, I do a little. Okay. I, you know, once you start using it as your day job, you don't really want to do yeah, it anymore. Yeah. So. What kind of guitars do you make? Uh, acoustic steel string. Is that right? Yeah. Hey, hear that, Daniela? Little birthday gift going on over there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> little custom made Colin special. <laughs> do you still make guitars at all? I don't. You don't do it. I just don't have time. Is it? Is, was it a hobby thing for you, or it was just a, you don't like it? It was a profession. It, it was a profession, but it was what I really loved to do at the time. Oh, okay. And uh, once I started hanging out with Chris and Olin, yeah, bad um, news. Yeah, it was bad news. They we basically got really obsessed with building what you guys see now as the new. The B three fifteen hundred sculptures. Yeah, okay. The sculptures were in their infancy. Regan had done a really good job at taking, you know, us from working in buckets yeah. to us working on something real. Gotcha. And then, and then all of us, Regan, Chris, Olin, and I sat around and uh, really put on some nice finishing touches. Yeah. And I think really we're at we're you know fifty percent up the ladder on okay. what we can do for a home brewer. Okay. Very nice, very nice. And then how long have you you moved on, obviously, from assistant brewer to head brewer over at Downtown Jersey? I did two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Two years you've been doing that. Yeah, two years. So now you get ten fifty an hour? Um, <laughs> fortunately, I was able to negotiate a very substantial salary. Nice. So I'm actually making more money than I've ever made in my life. Okay. So Good for you. And doing something you want to be doing. And doing something I love to go do every day. How, much, uh, how many days a week are you having to show up there and brew? Um, I... I'm there for four or five, ten hours a day, five, ten hour days. Okay. Um, and then I'm there every day I'm off just making sure things are okay. Things are okay. You know, I just run by and yeah. have, a, have a pint. Yeah. They, they and, call yeah. it drinking. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm quote, unquote, quality <laughs> controlling. <laughs> well, you know, you, they run out of CO2 or a flavor runs the bottom of the tank mm. then regardless of how drunk i am i have to go fix it you go do it yeah you now pour. am i miss i dr- i've drank a lot of craft brews in my day i started out just a uh, sort of a beer snob before i ever uh, i was ever a brewer is downtown joe's the one with the really intricate labels on a lot of your bottles no we don't bottle at all you don't no we are strictly through the faucet that's not you guys then so i'm okay. i'm very fortunate that i get four dollars a pint Wow. So I can buy any ingredient I want. Yeah. I can go, all of my base malts are from Europe. Okay. Um, in fact, I don't have a single American malt in the house right now. What, would you mind telling us Why a couple you of your base that? malts? What are your base malts? Uh, my favorite is, uh, Maris Otter. Okay. From Crisp Malting. Okay. That's without question my favorite base malt. But is that used in every beer you do? Um, is that your staple? no. No. That, okay. that, it's in most of them. Okay. Um, my lightest beers I like to use Durst Turbo Pills. Hmm. Okay. 
and uh, those those two give me the highest efficiency. All right. Um, the kernels are all very consistent in size, and okay. the quality of the malting is spectacular. Okay. Is there anything, any any specific ingredient, grains or otherwise, that is consistent across the board? You use it in every beer you do. Uh, right now, my yeast. Your yeast. Yeah. I use, Same yeast in I use every Irish beer. Irish ale yeast in every beer we brew. Really? Yeah. Is that okay. your choice for the brew houses? Um, it was what I inherited recipe okay. wise, and I haven't changed it. Although I just I have a ten gallon B three conical mm-hmm. um, that I built while I worked there, and uh, I just started firing it up as a yeast propagator. Okay, and we are just now growing our fr- first culture of uh, uh, German Bach. Oh, um, nice. on yeah, Jamil's recommendation, actually. Yeah. Okay, and uh, so I'm going to try strain. Yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome fan. Yeah, and so we're going to do – he gave me some tips about how he thinks it will run in the brewery, and okay. uh, we're going to make a uh, – You got a it from Jamil? Uh, no, I got it from White Labs. Oh, okay. But, okay. Does anybody like, wow. else see Jamil as being like this very well sought after future brewmaster? He's a like, silent rogue. Like people like, are going to be lined up to say, "Hey, our guy left. Will you do it? Will you do it?" Actually, I, actually, I know Jamil quite well. Yeah, and I've known him since his start in home brewing, or at least in our in B 3s life of him brewing. Yeah, because when I first started, he was in a canning situation. It was terrible. Okay. Um. Jamil has a great job. <laughs> yeah, Jamil and, and makes double what I make. Yeah, well, there, he talked to us about that. There yeah. is no brewing situation that could match. Could double or be, that. Yeah, I keep trying. I've offered Jamil about five hundred jobs, <laughs> and he's laughed at every right, one. Right, right. Well, hey, more power to him then. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, there's got to be a list of, of breweries that are like, man, this guy can yeah. brew. Wait, well, but the nice man? thing about Jamil, and I can call him on the phone any time of day. Yeah. And he'll pick up the phone and he'll say, oh, you know, I did something like that in such and such recipe and right. he'll email me the recipe. Nice. nice. You know, and I mean, he'll give me, he'll tell me anything about the way he brews. Right. And, and, and homebrewers, he's the same way, just so you guys know. He's, and this is a side note and it has nothing to do with any of what Colin's talking about, but Jamil's the type who he'll give up his award winning best to show recipe. John's shaking his head because he's copied him too many times. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, wait, wait, who tied with Jamil this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice work, John. And, uh, no, but, but Jamil also knows that there's a huge thing that has nothing to do with a recipe. You yeah. know, there has yeah. to be with the style of brewing, your cleanliness style, yeah. your fermentation temps, your house flavor. I, w- I would say that the uh, the list of ingredients is about ten percent of what it takes to make a good beer. Okay, uh, only ten percent, yeah. which is a good thing to know, home brewers. And and I didn't know that. You know, I think a lot of us uh, when we start out, we're like, oh, I got to design this beer, and there's so many ingredients, and I can do these new things with ingredients. I can put this one together and that one together. And it definitely took guys like you and 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 John to tell me, you know what, really. Put anything in it you want, okay? As long as it fits the four ingredients, put them all in there. Whatever you're going to do, that's fine. And then but the rest of the process yeah. is really what's going to make your beer. Yeah. So a good thing to keep in mind for the for beginning brewers out there is that, you know, don't worry about designing the perfect recipe. Do the perfect process, and, right. and then you're going to get a much better beer. Uh, in general, that is everything. Where can it, can it? So downtown Joe's is only it's at your brew pub, and that's it. It's at our brew pub, and that's it. Okay, and uh, yeah, and and that's you know really nice. Okay, now to me, actually, I would think that is really nice. And I've talked to another brew house. It's like that Stumptown up Stumptown, by the Russian River, sure. and he's like, look at. 
uh, he's Australian. He's like, I, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I don't want to, I don't want to bottle up all my stuff. I don't want to run around selling it. I do quite well at my brew pub and it's the perfect brew environment for me because I get to brew good beer and I keep it right here. You know, he's like, he's like, he's got a couple of bars around town that will buy it from him to put on tap there. But then he just delivers a keg, right? No big deal. So, but the problem is you don't even get paid anything for your kegs. You know, I get four hundred and eighty dollars for a keg's worth of beer through my faucets. Wow! And I sell a keg for one hundred and thirty-five bucks. Okay, yeah. okay, that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah if you can do, <laughs> you're in the perfect locale too. I am. I'm, I'm right on the river, right in the middle of downtown, right uh, in the middle of the tourist district. Busy place. Oh, it's a busy place. We're okay. we're gonna do over a quarter million dollar in, in beer sales this year. Wow. Yeah, that is a busy place to not be distributing. A lot of beer. That's uh, nice work. Yeah, and, and the, the, uh, how's I'll the food? Put some plugs to Colin and the amount he's grown at Downtown Joe's is not a new brewery. It's been around for I don't even know how many years. Uh, we're going almost for our 12th year now. And since Colin's been the head brewer, their beer sales have done nothing but grow at like astronomical beer growth. Nice. Well, certainly our reputation has changed. When I took the job, the... A good friend of mine, Brian Hunt of Moonlight Brewing, said, you know, uh, the reputation of a small brewery is like that of a high school girl. It's not easily changed. Yeah. And, and down, and downtown. Hey, I know that one. <laughs> what? What? You, you were a high school girl in your yeah. last life? Uh, wait, what? <laughs> um, Go on. The, uh, and, but I had to change the reputation of the brewery. And yeah. that was really challenging. Okay. Um, you know, the brewer before me, good friend of mine, was dearest man in the whole world. Decided that you didn't have to wash fermenters in between brews. How interesting. How did he, did he not even clean them or? Um, he rinsed them with a tap water rinse. <laughs> yeah, he didn't believe in chemical cleansing. He basically. didn't, he didn't like using caustic. So he would only uh. use caustic when a new yeast culture came in house. Okay. So we were running literally 30 batches of beer in each fermenter in between cleanings. Wow. Oh. The beers come a long so, ways. So, uh, and, and your they, beer they were sucked. so terribly uh, infected. Yeah, yeah they were so bad. terribly infected. Okay. And, so the first thing I did was have to go in, change all the process so that it worked. Okay. And then clean the beer stone out of all the tanks because he'd never run chemicals in the tanks at all. Gotcha. So there was literally three sixteenths of an inch of beer stone. Wow. And 18 aging tanks. How do you get that off of there? It's a nightmare. Um, are you scrubbing or are you using crawl chemical? in there? Yeah, I had to chemical clean it because okay. I can't, my, it's too my, big. yeah, my, my Grundies are double stacked. Okay. So you can't get the lids off because the one above it's blocking the one below it. Gotcha. And, uh, so you can't climb in. So we did it chemically. Yeah. And I was literally going in there for four hours before my brew day every uh, day, uh-huh. running chemicals through the tanks just so I could transfer out of a fermenter and make room. Wow. Um, we climbed into the fermenters and cleaned them. Okay. But the aging tanks, we had to chemically etch, okay. and we were using alternating cycles of caustic and acid. Okay. And I bet I had anywhere from 12 to 25 hours of cleaning into each tank. Wow. Before uh, before they were where they're at now. Okay. You know, now I only have one tank I won't transfer into. Okay. And it's taken me two years to get there. Gotcha. Wow, that's a lot of cleaning. Now, can you get beer stone leaving beer in a fermenter too long? No, beer stone is calcium oxalate. Okay. And it is a reaction of your brewing ingredients. And Is it yeast or is it from your work? It's from water. your water. Oh, water. Interesting. Yeah, and, and when brewers say that you want to have a, a ratio of gypsum to epsom, mm-hmm. it's because it controls, to stick with that ratio, it mm-hmm. helps control calcium oxalate. Interesting. And I don't know all the chemistry of it. I'm sure there's 
hopefully there's listeners out there that know more about it than I do. Okay. Um, but I did notice that when I changed the water recipes, we stopped uh, precipitating calcium oxalate. Wow. Hmm. So by, would you recommend adding gypsum as a home brewer, just in general, just to prevent that from happening? No. No. Um, because it's so easy to scrub home brewing equipment, I would do whatever you think makes your beer the best, whatever well, it, water makes yeah, your beer. Yeah, it's going to depend on your water source to if you're going to add a temporary hardness like that or not. We, well, the we reason, run all our water through a softener. Okay. The reason I ask that question is because I've been brewing on a B3's Conical for about two years now, and my last batch actually had beer stone in it. And it's because I left in the, I, I thought it was because I left in the fermenter for six weeks, you know, but I haven't changed my water I mean, and I, but I use a 5-2 pH stuff, which is salt based. I don't know if that had contributed to it at all, but. No, I wouldn't think so, but do you use. I use phosphoric acid star sand. Remember the. Do you ca- use tap water? Well, remember the. Tap ca- water through a carbon filter. Remember the county you live in changes their water source four times a year. Yeah. Oh. And, hmm. and the more temporary hardness there is, my experience is, is the more calcium oxalate you'll precipitate okay so i've never you... experienced temporary hardness <laughs> <laughs> is that true is it pretty much permanent or... <laughs> <Yeah>. how's viagra <laughs> is that like is that a bad thing <laughs> that was funny so what should i do the i don't know prevent that from happening uh use a scrubby in between each brew yeah okay. you, you cannot prevent it and one of george fixes i mean george fix was a great man let's all just have a beer to him right yeah, there because he was he was a god colin and i both had the pleasure of knowing him when he was living his best thing and i'm fcc if you're listening turn your mics down you cannot sanitize shit and that's what he always would say you can't ta- sanitize dirt so if you have beer stone growing you can't sanitize that. If it's in a glass carboy, you can't scrape that clean. Right. Hit it with a high base. Uh, PBW for a home brewer is awesome. But it's cheap. Overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to get into caustics like Collins and that's great, but you better know what you're doing when you get into it. Doesn't caustic have lie in it? It, it is lie. Is it lie. Is lie. And, okay. and the handling of it and your safety is, is a huge premium. This stuff makes Drano look safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just rub a little on the palm and see what happens. And what is lie again? <laughs> Let's not give out the chemical okay. comment. <laughs> but anyway, hit it with a high base and then flush it. Even though I would rather just hit it with a high acid, and that's what I do personally. They, uh, the guys from Five Star say hit it with a acid after rinsing with water. And that should help break down. Um, and Colin knows much more about this. Well, what we found was that we had to alternate cycles of caustic and acid. Um, the caustic would take the protein that had built into the matrix. Uh, beer stone is very porous. And uh, the uh, proteins would build a matrix in there, and we couldn't get the acid to attack uh-huh. the, the stone. So we had to use caustic to etch it till it was white. Gotcha. And then we would have to use acid to take the stone off. Okay. And it was taking forever. It, the room being 40 degrees didn't help. Oh, yeah. You know, right. we were we were filling it with 150-degree chemicals. Yeah. But it would still cool down real fast, Quick. and we'd have to vent it. Yeah. Wow. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we are running short on time, so I, w- I want to get to Chris and a little bit about the Siebel Institute and stuff like that. I want to try to finish can by I give, eight. Can I give Colin Please. two plug or one plug? Please do. Uh, Colin's a very interesting guy. I've known him for a long time. And if you want to see some great things about Colin, go to designerandlight.com. Okay. And uh, he runs a whole holography. No, say it. Holography. Thank I've you. I've heard that about you too, actually. Yeah, I make holograms as a hobby. 
You're a weird dude, Colin. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Talented. Yeah. yeah. There, there's not a whole lot Colin can't figure out if he doesn't know already. Okay. So, yeah, just check out his website. What is it again, Colin? There's two. There's designerinlight.com, and okay. that shows my theatrical lighting design stuff. Okay. Some of my guitars, a little bit about what I did with B3. Okay. And then there's um, holographyforum.org. Okay. This is a chat room where holographers go from all over the world. Okay. Yeah. Colin used to ride a motorcycle with his dog on the back. I mean, that's... There's a that, picture uh, of that on my yeah. website, Yeah, teach me how to do that. <laughs> Can you train the biscuit for me to get on the back of my bike? Yeah, it's easy, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's awesome. She's afraid of heights. Did I mention that? <laughs> what about 70 miles per hour? <laughs> She'll be fine. She's fine with that. Hang on, biscuit. Give her another beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Colin Kaminsky from Downtown Joe's. It's in Napa. Do you guys have a website for that as Downtownjoes.com. Well? Okay, check it out. Uh, you got to go to the brew pub if you want the beer, but it sounds like you might be able to catch Colin there. Too, I, and in fact, if you call me, I'll make sure to meet you there. Okay, and Unless maybe he'll Chris. give you a discount, like he'll sell you the beer for three ninety nine instead of four. There you go. If you, uh, I, I doubt that one. Tell seriously. him you heard him on the Brewing Network and ask for a three ninety nine beer. And if he doesn't give it to you, stand up on the bar, pull down your pants, and pee on it. Now just show just show the whole bar the brown eye. Ah, <laughs> ah, that'll work. End of talk. <laughs> well, that's all we have for this week. Folks. Okay. Well, now we'll get another word for you before we go. But uh, thank you for the interview. I, I appreciate. Okay, so who else we got here is Chris Graham from More Beer, who also teaches at the Siebel Institute of Technology. Uh, I've watched him uh, catch a buzz throughout the show, so I think our interview is going to be prime time right now. Yes, Uh, it works out well. You are one of the co-owners of uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer, correct? Correct, but I'm not one of the co-founders. Okay. I I heard some stories about you that you sort of came along and slept in somebody's parents' like bedroom or something. I don't know what the that, deal that's was. That's kind of a strange way to put it, but yeah, that, <laughs> that works out pretty well. Yeah, uh, but then but then worked your butt off and really kind of sacrificed. Actually, you uh, had a super career uh, that was kind of ready to happen. I think uh, in in computers as well. Am I right there? Sales actually, computer sales, sales but yeah, okay. tech. Tech sales. You left uh, basically a great income and a super job to do what you love to do and work with more beer. Is that right? Exactly. And I think that's what all of us beer guys are about. Okay. Yeah. That's it. You know, what's weird about that is that, um, you know, if you ask people outside of the beer industry and, and people who don't drink beer, maybe they're wine people or, or, or whatever else, that, that beer, at least it traditionally known as sort of a lowbrow kind of a drink and a, and a lowbrow culture, right? But but I think more and more it's it's proving to be a bit more of a highbrow. It's becoming known as paired with proper foods and, and a high-class thing, especially as we create more beers. But what I'm noticing as I meet more and more brewers uh, and, and people in the industry, that they've left these really actually, you know, they have great degrees from from great universities. They could be making a ton of money, a ton of money with them, and they've left to come to the beer industry to do something about beer and do something with it, both for themselves and I think for beer. And I think it really defeats a stereotype that the world, or at least America anyway, might have that that beer guys are idiots. Because uh, you know I've not met one idiot on this show yet, and and you know. Being that you, you, the people you haven't are, talked to me long enough yeah. yet. And that's oh, the nicest no. thing you've ever said about John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll wait till the end of the interview, and then I might take it all back. But uh, you know, I've, we've been talking to engineers and wow. and and doctors and and these guys who really it kind of defeats the stereotype. That's and I love beating stereotypes. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, as a communication major, stereotypes are just awesome to break down, and beer guys do that all the time. So anyway, you left a bunch of money to come and make nothing. Exactly. It's nice a, work. A great, yeah. Smart move. Look yeah, how I happy hope, he is. I what hope an, my parents are listening to that. What an idiot. Look how happy he is. He's, 
Eagles tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you get a quota and, the, and they keep raising that quota and okay. you, you, you're living in Boise, Idaho, which beautiful town, by the way, but your whole quota relies on one person. Yeah. yeah. Life sucks at that point. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they they like Shania Twain. I mean, sorry, all you Shania Twain fans out there, but when She's your hot, idol yeah. is Shania Twain, yeah. you shouldn't be making corporate level decisions. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I just actually, lost, I just lost about 20% of our customers. You know what time. though? I kind of agree with that <laughs> statement. If it's any reflection of your level of intelligence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what's your specific job? As a, I mean, I know you're a partner there, but it, uh, you don't just sit back and collect checks. What do you oh, do with more? That's beer? pretty much. Ask John. That's all I do. I pretty much <laughs> just hang out. And, uh, no, uh, I kind of run all of our customer service. That's okay. kind of my main day to day job. Make sure customers are happy. Customers are getting what they expect. And then my side jobs are making sure all the technology is happening, the databases are running right, that new website we keep promising will come out someday. Okay. We have something uh, in common. What's that? We have something in common, a new a yeah. new website. The Brewing Network. Oh, yeah. yeah, we did that earlier, too, oh. where, uh, okay. where he's going through the same boat as yeah, us. Yeah, you guys got ours. You know, We've been around for 10 years, and we've been saying <laughs> it for four. John, shut yeah. up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys have been around for, what, like six months, yeah. and you've done it already? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Sweet. no, it, that's kind of like the two main jobs and that and just overseeing, making sure people understand what they're supposed to do. Okay. I'd say if all I had to do was deal with customers in my life, that'd be a nice, easy job. Okay. Yeah. Feel so it. Take on a bit more. Tell me about your uh, your brewing career. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Is that I, what you were going to get at, too? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Okay. I started brewing when I was about 18. Okay. Uh, you didn't drink it, though. Oh, of course not. No. This uh, really nice girl... Uh, I was dating at the time. It's amazing how many girlfriends They're come into the to the brew history stories that come through here. Yeah. Daniela bought me my first homebrew kit. Uh, we got Colin's story. It's happened before in here too. It's really weird how many. Oh yeah, she. They my, all regret it later too. My dad brewed when he was about my age now, and my mom would tell me these stories. And my mom's this religious lady, so it's kind of funny to listen to her talking about him brewing. Okay, can we call her? Oh yeah, absolutely. We get her on the phone. N- not with me talking. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> But so these bottles would explode and all this. So she told me that, and I see in Popular Mechanics at the end of the issue is a thing on homebrewing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna buy that for my dad. What a perfect Christmas gift! And it's probably June. Okay, every guy. Well, what do you think? By Christmas, I remembered that that's what I was gonna do for right. my dad for Christmas. Right. I totally forgot. I probably forgot by August. Yeah, yeah. or July for that matter. Or so, like end of June. Or yeah. two weeks later, <laughs> or, or an hour and a half after that. <laughs> so this girl, who I am actually still friends with, that's a funny part of it all. But she yeah. remembers. She buys me the gift for Christmas. Oh, okay. The the whole kit on how to make beer, and I've become a, just a evil. Entity. I ah. just get consumed 100% in it. No shop around. So all I have is this can of malt extract. And I have to go to the uh, store to buy corn sugar. The beer is terrible. My okay. first 10 batches sucked. Okay. But the drive to make beer, that was good. Yeah. My dad drank paps. So yeah. the whole paps thing, that's why I knew that answer so quickly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that beer pretty much sucks. Yeah. And even as an 18 year old, I knew that. <laughs> and right. so, uh, I had this drive to make good beer. And by the time I was 19, I finally had the hang of it and it was all by guess. Okay. And then finally someone gave me the joy of homebrewing, which I thought was the Bible until I understood homebrewing. Okay. And God bless Charlie Papazian for writing the book and getting the amount of people in there. But yeah, 
don't base your whole brewing history on joy of homebrewing. Okay. Brew a lot of beer. Yeah, brew a lot of beer, talk to guys who know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, just lead by example on that one. Okay. So, yeah, I love brewing. I mean, it's I could talk about it eight hours yeah. a day, and I do. So how many years have you been doing it now, then? You're what, 78 now? I'm, I'm at least 12. Uh, <laughs> you started at 18. I'm 31. Okay. So. Nice work. Yeah. All right. So what made you come to more beer? I was one of Olin's 10th customers, I think. Really? It's weird how many of the beginning customers actually work at at more beer now. Well, I I got a degree in... uh, Well, I didn't have a degree at the time. I was going to college. My parents moved to this town called Moraga, and anyone listening locally knows this is a sleepy, hollow town. Rich town. Yes. Lots of cash. Well, I lived in in Pasadena and went up to Eugene to college. And going to school there, and Eugene's a nice, wholesome school. Yeah. And yeah. my parents are like, well, we're going to move to Moraga, and I can't afford to live the summer there. So I come home. I call this guy in the phone book, and he's like, no, I'll deliver your beer to you. I'm like, no, no, I'll come pick it up. I'm, yeah. you know, what am I going to make you do that for? I want to, as a homebrewer, you're a hands-on kind of guy. You want to see what's going on, all this kind of jazz. So he's like, fine, come on in. He was kind of actually angry about it. I've never told him that, so hopefully he's listening. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so I go in, and I, I'm 6'4", so I hit my head on the door frame walking through the door. Nice. That's when I knew this place was meant for me. Gotcha. And uh, it's a potting shed. It's about 125 square feet. Awesome guy. We're talking, and I'm getting a deg- I'm going to school at the time, and he just starts talking about all this stuff like, I'd worked at four other homebrew shops too. Sorry, I back up to that. That's all right. I'd tell these guys like, "Hey, I got an idea for you," and they'd be like, "Whatever." Yeah. And I'd tell him, and he'd be like, "That's a great idea." And you know what? When we're the biggest homebrew shop, I am definitely implementing that. Okay. And now I've seen my implementations in place, and uh, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. But he had the vision to at least understand that. Yeah. And like take it to that level. So and see past the ra- the local homebrew sort of scene. Yeah. yeah. So one year of corporate America was enough for me. That sucked. Okay. I had a great time, made tons of money, paid all my student loans off in one year. Okay. And uh, worked for him, and I've. Never look back. Okay. Well, I want to know about how you get involved with something like the Siebel Institute and how do they find out about you or you found out about them and, and now you're teaching, you teach classes there once a year, right? Right now it's a once a year. We would kind of want to turn it into a, maybe a four or five times a year thing. Okay. But they're once a year right now. Last year was the pilot year. Okay. Durango, Colorado is where they chose the setting, which is the most beautiful place in America that I've ever been in my life. Okay. I wish it wasn't at 7,000 square feet because that's a whole new world to brew at. But John's looking at um, our syllabus for it. And uh, so anyway, they called us and said, hey, will you make us a brew system for our class? Okay. And we said, awesome. Do you know how to use it? Right. Like, not a clue. Right. And uh, Siebel's cool, but they tend to teach uh, very escalated level of everything. Okay. They teach Budweiser's yeast handlers how to do their job. Okay. We're at Downtown Joe's. Colin is the yeast handler, the brewer, right. the cellar master, you name it. At Budweiser, one guy does one minuscule task relative to the whole business. Gotcha. So that's what they're used to. So they had no clue how to brew on a little homemade system. Right. And so they said, hey, would you mind coming out and show us our first year? I taught last year, and they said, you fit into our curriculum perfectly. And Nice. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing for homebrewers. Okay. 
So can you take just a couple classes at the Siebel Institute, or you have to do their full curriculum? What's the deal there? Uh, you, As a professional brewer, you can take whatever you want. Okay. So Colin could go and just learn about... They have these devices you can put in line to do cell counts of yeast when transferring yeast from one um, Grundy to another or whatever you use them for fermentation. Is that so you don't overpitch? Uh, so you know how many are alive. Right. They do blue stains in line no and cell counts in line. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. Actually, the biggest risk is underpitching. Yeah. Oh. O- overpitching does cause some of its own <laughs> problems, but underpitching is the bigger risk. Yes. Yeah, okay. So w- with, with that, they teach classes like that. They teach how... T- they teach distributors about beer, which I think is one of the best things they do. They teach them how to go in, taste the beer that they're used to selling on tap, and teach them all the faults that could possibly be there and how to clean to get rid of that. Okay. And I think that's probably Siebel's best thing they do single-handedly right there. That's a brilliant course. That, that's protecting the consumer, which right. is awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then on the homebrew level, they only teach one class. It's once a year. Okay. It's relatively uh fraction of the cost of any other classes for homebrewers it's an expensive class i understand that okay but it's a week in durango and it's just an awesome time all right and is it very basic or do they get pretty intricate about homebrewing oh no they they make us as teachers learn stuff that we didn't know in order to go teach the class okay nice and that's what you're teaching there is the homebrew class for one week yep okay all right nice and now you're doing that each year and you're looking to make that more than than, than once a year. We as a uh, school would like it to be a traveling thing. Okay. That's a good idea. So that it's not all in Durango, you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Durango's beautiful, but it's so far out there, it's ridiculous. You know, if you ever want to do that at, at Downtown Joe's, give us a call. All right. I'll, I'll mark you in <laughs> on my itinerary. need places to do it. What's your dream, Chris? You, I know you want to travel the United States. So. Yeah. My, one of my dreams, and I, I kind of blew it this year because this year was my goal, um, I bought a house this year, or a condo, and in, in the Bay Area, that's like buying a mansion anywhere else in the world. Yeah, um, except that you got a one-room closet. Exactly. Yeah. And my goal was for this year to teach homebrewing across America in an RV, and I I will ah, do nice. it someday. And uh, but Siebel might. You know. Siebel would be a great tie-in. I want to go from brewery to brewery. Any anyone out there wants to fund this, just let me know. <laughs> and uh, I want to take a uh, an RV out there, and I want it to be about homebrewers. I don't want it to be about breweries, okay. but breweries will only benefit from this, and homebrewers will only benefit from this. So it's it's one of those things where we're going to brew. I would hope three times a week, different uh, breweries in their parking lot, hmm. and give the consumer. An, better appreciation of the product yeah and tie them into their local brewery right that's a great idea actually i think that uh i think most of the country could use something like that just to even if they're not gonna end up home brewing people who just love to drink good beer are really interested in how it yeah. how, do you, exactly. how do you end up with good beer well it's yeah, amazing you know? one of the things we teach in the siebel class which i would definitely take this on the road is take the raw four ingredients of beer yeah and nobody's ever like rubbed them in their hands smelled them when they're warm exactly. tasted them sm- you know yeah they, they change depending on how you're using them mm-hmm. yeah and uh that's one thing i definitely i think the enthusiasts out there would love it yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right if a quarter of beer enthusiasts could actually name the four ingredients maybe a quarter of them if that have touched those four ingredients right. so i'm not sure if right. my owner can name yeah. the four ingredients <laughs> well those those natty light drinkers are like water alcohol water 
and How? water. <laughs> water. <laughs> Aluminum can, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's part of the ingredient. You got to hold it in something. Yeah. Uh, Aluminum can, that's two ingredients. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Water, aluminum, alcohol, and can. Right. Well, that sounds like a really awesome idea, actually, to travel around and do that. And yeah. even what you have going on at the Siebel Institute is, is, a, is a great idea. It's a start for it. That's kind of yeah. where I'm learning to cut my teeth and learning what people want. And that, that's where I'll take it as a stepping stone. Okay. We'll keep growing, too, each year, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. What about the governing committee? How's that? The American Homebrewers Association is it, all you listeners, all of you better be members right now. Yeah. If you're not, I'm coming after you individually. It's, a, it's right. Yeah, Justin. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'm here to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just a great organization that focuses around beer. It's what's made it legal in most states. Most people don't even know it's not legal in all states. Okay. And they're fighting in those states to get it legal. Um, if it's legal in your state, they are probably the organization that made it happen. Um, and they're just all about beer and, and how could you not support it? They make yeah. a, a magazine that comes out every two months. Good magazine. What's they the name have, of it? Zymergy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they do a yearly thing, which is the most awesome thing in homebrewing. Yeah. And that's the National Homebrew Conference. Okay, right. Which we talked What's about. What's the website? Here. It's, uh, beertown.org. Nice. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I highly recommend if you're not a member, if you were years ago, check it out now. It's okay. a different world than it used to be. You gotta get Chris too, Daniela, while we're at it. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I was sitting with, uh, one of the editors of Zymergy at the Oregon Brew Oh, Jim Parker uh, is yes. an awesome guy from the Oregon Brewers Guild. Yes. And he's a big proponent of beer, great guy. And he was he, cool. He, he's one of the guys who I've worked with to help change Zymergy, and I've done very little for Zymergy. Except to add a little fun things to it, and okay. uh, but if you ever have an idea for Zymergy, Jim yeah. Parker at Beertown.org. Okay, yeah, definitely good guy, and 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 the magazine's great too. I um I I go grab it from from B3 actually as much as I can. Just good information. You don't pay for it. Either. It's a it's about time you uh, became a member. Dude, you got one of the owners sitting here. You want to tell him I don't pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> What's wait, wait, no, you? no, I'm questioning my showroom manager. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she stole bottle openers. <laughs> That's right, Daniela. Every time we go in there, steals. Oh, oh, I like I like that when openers. the showroom manager goes, "Oh, she steals this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, listen, we are going to have to wrap it up. It's getting to be 8 o'clock. Daniela, uh, true to form, is, is keeping us on track here, though. We've started a new trend where we want to measure beer bellies as we come in here so that when we have our guests return, we can take a new measurement <laughs> and, and see how everybody's uh, been been going at it. So she's been at work as we've been doing this discussion measuring. Uh, you just did, uh, Chris, what's his beer belly measurement, Daniela? If you could just grab that microphone and, and, and do I'm it. I'm a tall man. Chris is the winner. He's a 40. He's six Dude, four. he's only got an inch on me. I'm well, a 39. You're a winner, you're a winner too. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Uh, and then where's Colin at? Where oh, we got? He's a slim dude. He's only 35. 35. Colin, get to work, buddy. Uh, John won an inch over the last week. He's a 33 now. Oh, nice, nice John. Hey, Long I, week for you. I wore those 32s when I was in high school. Now you know I was so quiet for a <laughs> Wait, what is he again? 33? Is I said? Yeah. 33. Hey, I oh, bought yeah. some Levi's though. I had I had to buy 30s. What's up with that? What are you usually, 28? I'm like a 32. Yeah, exactly. You're like a... Th- thank you, Matt. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Matt. Thank you. You're like a child, John. Pretty You're much. like an itty-bitty Levi's child. I am your child. <laughs> I'm of my belly, too, now. 
Okay. We are. What's uh, he, do you want to tell us? Danielle is going to give her uh, give us her measurement now too. Although I don't know that you're working as hard as we are. I'm going to guess 23. 23. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before he does it, if John's is smaller than yours, we all get to beat the crap out of John for being a sissy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with I that. I wish, but mine is still a little smaller. Okay, what do you got? It's 27. 27. Wow. 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 Yeah, you guys need a cam in here. Okay. Yeah, next time you guys come in, yeah, we got to show this thing. We're going to measure you again. And we'll see where you at. See how you've been doing. You're not printing out these anywhere, right? Oh no! It'll just—it's only available to the entire world on www.thebrewingnetwork.com. Do you ever trust a skinny chef? No, you don't. That's right. And and likely you should not trust a skinny brewer. John, you're the only example actually that I've met of a skinny guy who makes great beer. I've done well. (laughs) You've done well. He's young. uh, He's got a metabolism. That's right. right. He's got time. Bastard. Give me five years. Hey, I had a good, sh- I had a good time with you guys today. Was good great. show. Good talk. Thank John, you. you're not allowed to chime in here. <laughs> you were late. You didn't get to have a good time. How do you like that? <laughs> All right. No, we were happy that you showed up, John. How yeah, about that? right. I'll give you that. Yeah. How's that? By the way, you have flat tires on your motorcycle. What? <laughs> <laughs> we were all going for a ride after that. <laughs> No, but we had a good show. Beer Jeopardy. Uh, hey, Colin, what a comeback, huh? I mean, you started out asleep and you ended up a winner. That's good stuff. So, uh, uh, give your email address life. just in case they didn't get it to the, the, the winner, which was, um, MedTech. Uh, Colin at downtownjoes.com. Okay. And, and you can also go to downtownjoes.com for beer info about Downtown Joes, right? That, that's right. And actually any homebrewer could email me as well if they had questions about anything we talked about or anything at all. Okay. Colin, I'd like to have you back on the show. I'd love to come back. Maybe we can talk about holograms and stuff next time. That'd be cool. That'd be a different radio program. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more beer in that one. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Dr. Scott would love that too yeah, he because would. he's like, he acts like he's high all the oh, time, yeah, no. so he'd be all into the hologram thing. Whoa. So we got to, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, Chris Graham, hey, way to fill in for the doc. Loads of information in that Anytime. noggin. He's full. All right, cool. He's We'd like to have him. you back too. So you're Excellent. welcome. Anytime. Uh, Morebeer.com. Do you got an email address you want to give out there? Uh, oh, to everyone, info at morebeer. But if you want to get me, Chris at morebeer. Chris at morebeer. And you do a lot of the customer service. Plus, you can answer all sorts of questions about oh, the sculptures absolutely. as well, right? Yep. Okay. And if you need to know about the Siebel Institute of Technology in any of their classes, you can maybe direct you into the right place. Yep. So Chris at morebeer, right? Perfect. Isn't there like seven Chris's there? But I'm the one that matters. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. And Matt, hey, thanks for coming in as usual, and thanks for doing our posts. Uh, My pleasure. All you guys out here who get out there who get to learn about what's on the show each week—that's all due to Matt, and we totally appreciate that. So thank you for coming in and, and hanging out with that's us. That's how I knew what I was supposed to talk about this week. Very, yeah. See, very nice. He missed us last week because he was you. changing poopy diapers. But uh, what are you gonna do? That's all right. He's back with us, and we appreciate that. <laughs> Daniela, you get to take the microphone now for a second. You want to say bye to the kids in the chat room? Goodbye to everybody. Thank you for working the chat room as usual. You're very welcome, my did dear. You, did you tell them all to send us uh, their information that won T-shirts and all that? Yeah, I did. So they know that? They know all that, honey. Weren't you supposed to brew beer this week or something? <laughs> yes, but I was too busy. I had to buy a motorcycle, dude. You lazy cow. I'll teach her how to brew. <laughs> I'll brew next week, though, and I already told the chat that I will ask John for help because I want to <laughs> brew a better beer than you will ever dream of. Oh. 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 We're all going to oh. pitch in and help on this one. Oh, the pain. The, the pain. chat room advised me to ask Jamil for help. <laughs> yeah. I told you not to ask for John. Yeah, you should go up to Jamil's. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got going on next week, John? 
It's the good stuff. Come on. Give it good to stuff. us. We got Vinny. That's right. We got Vinny Chalerzo from Russian River is going to come in. We're going to talk Belgians. Belgians yes. And of Great course, word. you know, I, I know that he's, he, he really wants to do it all Belgians, but it's going to be unavoidable if you got questions about IPAs and, and quadruple. He does a lot of IP super talk, IPAs. So. You know what though? If you got questions, call yeah. and ask. Well, yeah, the yeah. guy knows. He I'm does. not going to deprive yeah. the, the world of, of yeah. Vinny information. Yeah. It's going to be a Belgian discussion. So, so, you know, do your research on Belgians, but I got a couple IPA questions I'm going to ask. By the so, way, we uh, might be pretty know. inebriated by the end of the show. Of his show? Yeah. He's bringing a lot of beer, Bel- right? Well, Belgians, I mean, they're strong. Yeah. I mean, no, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be weird that we are drunk at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm going to know what to do. Never happened then. yet. So, so Vinny Chalerzo next week. You're going to want to tune in. And then the week after that. <laughs> I don't even know. It's Matt Firestone. Oh, that's right. He's driving all the way up from yeah. like Santa Barbara. Paso right? Robles. Paso Robles. Paso yeah. Robles. So Firestone, who, who brews, uh, their lager is awesome. Yeah. Uh, good. Actually, I drink, I drink their double barrel all week. Oh, yeah? Down in Santa Barbara. So. Did you meet up with him down there, too? No. He's out. He's somewhere. He's traveling. Oh, okay. That but, would explain okay. a lot, John. And then the week after that, uh, we got Triple Rock out of Berkeley's coming in here. And the week after that, we got Moonlight coming in here. You were talking about them, Colin. Yeah, Brian's a great friend of mine. Yeah. Maybe Dear you want to call in and make fun of him on that. He, he's a six-foot-three tall elf. Oh, and nice. You, and you could just never make fun of him because he's got too big of a heart. He's too nice? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I don't know. I'm not going to have anything to say. I talk politics. <laughs> we'll All right. So we still got a great lineup for the next month. Month, and then we're working on the on the weeks after that. So so stay tuned. And uh, great show, everybody. You all know what time it is if you listen before. It's one of our favorite songs, and we'll see you all soon. Cheers. Hey, is a friend of mine, and I sure like good body wine. Chocolate porter, cherry stout, don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American crude, for the one of real homebrew. Don't you really love it? Homebrew can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have me. Well, I have the one right now.
you love about a homebrew, can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I'll have it. Well, I'm the one right now. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But don't you give me that American crew, boy, the one a real homebrew. Homebrew, don't you really love that homebrew? Can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have that. Well, I'm the one right now. 